to another episode of Talking Simulator, the Story Scream podcast, where we don't talk about movies. We don't. We just we don't talk about. Don't mention it. We talk about video games. We talk about video games. We talk about video game stories. We talk about the video games we like. Uh, and this is the second episode uh, that we're doing covering E3 2018. So we did a pre-show where we, we covered uh, our predictions about what the conferences are going to have. And they were all correct. Uh, and they were all correct. It turns out. So you can just turn this off, go back and listen to the pre-show again, because mm-hmm. uh, everything we said there was exactly right. And uh, yeah, and that's it. That's Jack Kolodzewski you're hearing. He's a psychic. Hey, hello. And I'm just a very good video game predictor. That is true. That's why it's uh, your business card. I'm an indus- industry pro. Mm. I'm an amateur industry pro. I'm Robert Anderson, also an amateur industry pro. And we're here to talk about E3 2018 post the storm. We're back from E3. We're back from E3. Um, California's crazy. Smash Brothers was cool. Weed is legal there. Yeah, we we did the we legal got, weed. We did legal weed and played Smash Brothers. It's like a pretty good time, right? Sounds like a pretty that good time. That sounds like a pretty good time. All right, so we're here to, you know, talk about E3, what happened, if we arrive at anything, and uh, what we're excited about, what we're not excited about. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Robbie? Um, I got the vibe that we were, after all the conferences were kind of said and done, I got the vibe that we're nearing the end of this console generation. Yes, I agree with you in the way that, um, I mean, Microsoft explicitly said we have, we are planning to release our next Xbox in 2020. Like they pretty much laid that out in the line, which is a little bit surprising to me because they just released the Xbox One X last year. Yeah. And for them to say, like, we just put out this $500 Xbox One X. Oh, and by the way, we're going to put out a new box in two years? Even if, yeah, that was going to say, even if it's like five years away, it's not the right messaging to have at your conference. It feels a little weird. But yeah. I think my takeaway was almost kind of the opposite because for the first time in a while, and this generation, there have been some really. There have been some strong lookers on mm-hmm. the PS4 and Xbox One, but it's felt like a, a much more of an incremental step over the 360 and the PS3. Certainly less of a leap than Xbox and PS2 to PS3 and Xbox 360. Yeah. Um, they showed games at this conference that really wowed me graphically. Yeah. And I, my overall take from the conference is like, yo, video games look really fucking good now. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh Sony's conference in particular like showcased some of the best looking video games I have ever seen in my life. Looking shit. I mean, it makes sense that like you know the video games that are coming out in the future are the best looking video games that you've seen because that's just a matter of video games is they get better at the tech, they get better at using, and you know you see the difference generationally between like launch games and games at the end of a console cycle. I mean, I think look at the difference between. Halo and even Halo 2. GTA 4 to GTA 5. Exactly. Like yeah. They make big leaps there. Um, but this was the moment, and I feel like I haven't had this kind of reaction to seeing games in motion like this for a while, but like I was floored by some of the stuff. There are some really stunning things coming out. Uh, I think like even one of the games that really wowed me just technically was uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. When yeah. I saw the demo of that, and they're just like, this is just one world in the game. I'm like, shut the fuck up. 
Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's huge, and you're flying around this entire city. It's nuts. We'll see if Beyond Good and Evil 2 actually comes out on this generation. Oh, that of game's consoles. fake. <laughs> uh, but we no, got it's not fake. More... You just have to make it now. That's true. It's on you. Yeah, that's what JGL is uh, uh, recruiting me for. Joseph Gordon-Levitt wants you to do all the art and music for this game. He made, he'll pay you. He just forgot to mention he's going to pay you. It's a, it's a funny move in the playbook to be like well if you guys are going to complain about video games so much why don't you fucking make you one? you do you it. fucking do you it. fucking do it yeah i can i can get down with that um we'll come back to that we'll talk <laughs> yeah. more about joseph uh, later on in the yeah. show but but yeah my takeaway is not the most exciting year as far as big surprises major bombshell announcements no. yeah uh, a lot of the stuff that was shown had kind of already leaked or was rumored already um, there were some things that were rumored that did not show up that was kind of a bummer. We'll get into those later. I'm kind of sad with what we didn't see. Looking at you, Nintendo. Looking at but, you, Splinter uh, Cell. Ubisoft and Nintendo definitely yeah. had some stuff that I was like, oh, that's it? Oh, I almost wonder really? if there is some reshuffling to not give in to the leaks. <laughs> we'll, Who knows? We'll come back Who to knows? <laughs> but, um, but I think there was... Plenty of stuff shown that is coming out within the next year or two. Yeah. That looks really cool that I'm very excited for. Um, and it was, I would say, a solid overall E3. Not the most, like, mind-blowing one. But yeah. even on the ones that I thought were mind-blowing, like that Sony press conference from 2016, where they were like, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Shenmue 3 yeah. and Kingdom Hearts and Last of uh, the Last Guardian is coming out like all that stuff shooting like, their six shooters in the air just crazy but yeah. a lot of that stuff like still hasn't paid off yet and I'm down to see some stuff that is maybe not as mind blowing as the way of like holy shit I can't believe this is coming out but like here are some games that are coming out in the next couple of years that look really cool and really solid. Even like, uh, for the most part, we're getting, there was a lot of games shown that we're getting within the next year. And I think that's a smarter way to do it. Unless you're Death Stranding, in which case, it's just like, I don't care if that game's coming out in 2030, every year, give me something. Yeah. Twice a year, three times a year. A little tiny bit every year. I think we that game is this out. Time. My guess, if you want to get back into the predicties kind of section, my guess is we will see Death Stranding first quarter 2020. So, Metal Gear Solid Five was a March. console transition title, yeah. where we had one release on 360, PS3, one release on the current gen hardware. I think Death Stranding might be one of those. Well, I would not be surprised. We'll Microsoft see. Microsoft says that their next box is going to be in 2020. So, so there you go. Mm. Um, but yeah, I uh, there's there's some cool shit shown. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll get to that cool shit. Yeah. But let's talk about these conferences, right? All right, yeah, let's dive in. So the first conference was EA Play. It was bad. It was a bad conference overall. EA has um, never had a good conference. Nope. And at this point, I am not sure that they ever will. No. So they, uh, EA Play, they've done a few of these now. They're not really press conferences, but like... They've got their own event. They're across the they're street. They're like separate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and first of all, I think the space looked kind of dirty. There's like stains on the floor and the chairs look like shit. But that's that's besides the point. It was the year of weird press conference spaces. Yes. Except, yeah. We'll no, talk yeah. more about that, but there were some weird... I think we'll have comments on each one, most They're likely. trying to shake up... Some of these companies are trying to shake up the way they do press conferences for the better or for worse. Agreed. 
So uh, the show starts off with a really cool like AR uh, anthem fight. One of the javelins, which is the Iron Man suit and anthem fighting uh, whatever the fucking monsters are in that game. And it kind of looked like it was coming out of the screen. It looked really cool. And they didn't do that at all. After that, they just did it once with one game. Uh, It was hosted by Andrew Renee from What's Good Games, Kind of Funny fame. Uh, She's the best. She's really cool. And She, she did the best. She, she did could. the best she could with what they gave her, and which was not much. No. And then uh, they kind of did this thing, which I don't like when shows in general do. Like even a lot of podcasts lately, I feel like I've been doing this. At least the ones I listen to, where they tell you what the itinerary for the show is going to be, and I'm just like, yeah, you guys already got me. I'm gonna. I'm here. I'm watching gonna. I'm this gonna. Show. I'm gonna do it. Okay. I'm not gonna check out when I'm like, hey, I haven't talked about Anthem yet. I guess I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, I guess I'll just turn. I guess they're just yeah, I'm done. So uh, the first That's... game they showed was Battlefield Five. Um, it was, I think, a weird showing of the game stage wise. I don't think they did a good job of communicating how they are making improvements over Battlefield One yeah. with that game. As someone who you play Battlefield One, so you know a little bit more and probably the direction they're going. Yeah. Um, and apparently we talked about this off mic, but that they showed a lot of the game off of the stage, like with streamers and things like that. Yeah. So immediately after the EA showing, uh, I had seen some tweets going around that like the real shit is on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I guess they, they had brought, um, some well-known YouTube personalities and streamers. The only one that I've ever heard of before because of battlefield videos was Jack Frags. Yeah, not familiar. Uh, sure, know. I mean he is a dude that plays Battlefield on YouTube, so so if anyway, you know him, he does that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like they had a lot of these YouTubers playing Battlefield One multiplayer, recording like fifteen to thirty minutes of multiplayer and yeah. showing it like uninterrupted matches and, and, yeah, and, and yeah. talking about you know sort of the nitty gritty things that are different between this game and prior Battlefields, which overall, like, I enjoyed Battlefield 1. Sure. I'm looking forward to, to Battlefield 5, or Battlefield V, mm-hmm. Battlefield Venom, if you will. Um, Ooh, the punished, the punished Battlefield. Punished Battlefield. <laughs> um, but I don't think EA did a great job on stage of, of communicating what is novel about this game over Battlefield 1. Like, they showed... They showed a tank rolling through a building, which looked really cool. Did look cool. They are. They did say like they are focusing on destructibility again in this game. You can build again, or no, sorry, you can build like for the first time in Battlefield. Like, kind of, they're taking a page out of Fortnite, but it's less like improvised building and more like you can fortify a defensive position. Yeah. Um, and kind they're of hunker also, down somewhere. Exactly. Like if yeah. if you put the time and effort into it, you and your team can really beef up a defensive position yeah um they're doing like a a grand operations mode it's called which is sort of an expansion on the mode that they had in battlefield one where multiplayer matches kind of roll into each other and what happens in the prior match has impacts on the the subsequent match which seems pretty cool everything you're describing sounds sick it seems like it's really cool but they just i want to see more of the game in motion because they had shown at this point only that teaser trailer yeah which was they said was in-game footage but like 
was very much that kind of canned over animated sort of like it's a cgi yeah Yeah. i mean it's using the game's engine to create it because when you show the actual game like yo it looks like a battlefield game it looks like that's what it looks like i don't know why they need to hide behind trying yeah i don't get it people who want to play battlefield know what a battlefield game looks like and when you show an over animated cg trailer it's kind of like we get we know that's not what it's actually going to look like and there was i think a um undeserved backlash from that teaser trailer uh because it's a teaser trailer and people Mm -hmm. freak the fuck out for reasons we talked about on the pre-show that i don't think are valid at all but they showed a decent amount of this game on youtube and it looks like a battlefield game it looks like it's going to improve on the very solid foundation of battlefield one in some pretty cool ways but I don't think they conveyed that all that well on stage, which is like something that you could say about pretty much every game they had on stage for EA. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't show a lot of game, period. And I don't really understand because they had a pretty long conference yeah. all in all. It was not brief. Um, no. it's but uh, they did kick off um, the t- two, two major... Um, takeaways from e3 high level themes going mm-hmm. on here ah. um gay relationships sure uh and battle royale mm-hmm. it was six minutes into the first press conference of e3 that the words battle royale were said on stage yep and, and it, it makes sense to me for them to do a battle royale mode in battlefield because battlefield is known for Really big battles with a lot of players and pretty big wide open maps. Yeah. And also parachuting in. So like kind of makes sense to do a battle royale mode. I'm not opposed to throwing in battle royale modes in the games as long as they don't take away from the current modes in the game or strip your multiplayer out or your single player out. (laughs) I think it'll be fine because they're still doing a single player mode. Yeah. And uh, they're not Call of Duty. They still have a single player mode. I liked the single player mode in Battlefield 1. Yeah. I thought doing like the multiple vignettes of like lesser told stories of the war was pretty neat and it's cool like having the thing that they show from their single player mode being like this norwegian lesbian relationship involved like wrapped up in world war ii sounds really cool yeah i'm down with um, that i don't think they did all of a great job like showing why that story might be interesting uh, they just showed like very brief flashes of it even when they showed more of it at the microsoft show like it's a weird showing because they between the two conferences that they showed this game at, me as someone who has not really, I'm not very fluent in Battlefield. I've not played that many Battlefield games. I don't know what the difference between this game and Battlefield One is until so we kind of just talked about it now. Yep. And the vignettes that they're showing me of this narrative have not captivated me because I'm just like, I don't really know what the story is. Because yeah, yeah. you tell me it's this vignette style thing, and then you're focusing on one story in particular, and it's like. I think maybe you should just keep the story on lockdown, keep it for yourselves. I'll play it if I play it. Yeah. But show me the multiplayer, show me the differences. You know, I EA or just likes commit to, to anything and hit show the esports like button s- and show some streamers on stage play it. Do, I don't fucking know. Do like, Weed 3 again like they did two years ago. Invite Snoop Dogg back. He'll get him and Wiz Khalifa will get everyone there high. It'll be fun. And it'll be a good time. <sighs> Weed is legal now in California. Just, just do it. Do it. Uh, moving on from Battlefield Five, there was FIFA, which we all know much about sports, 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 sports. Then they talked about uh, Origin Access Premier, which uh, I'm not going to buy. Any sell you. you more stuff? Yeah, you can play anything on whatever. 
And then we had our awkward Star Wars reveal. This is this was the moment where it really hit home for me that EA does not know what the fuck they it's don't fucking doing. get it. So uh, Andrew Renee sits down with uh, what's the head of Respawn's name? Vince Zampella sits down with Vince Zampella and is basically just like, "Hey, hey, Vince, uh, so you work on you're working on Star Wars?" Yeah, um, yes. So uh, is there going to be like Jedi's and lightsabers and all that stuff in it? Uh, yeah, um, you're gonna play as a Jedi, it takes place between A New Hope, or sorry, between Episode 3 and A New Hope, um, it's called The Fall, Jedi The Fallen Order, you got a lightsaber. And when is that game coming out? Uh, Fall 2019? Well, you heard it here first, folks, Star Wars... The Jedi Fallen Order is coming out next year, holiday season, world premiere. Bah, 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 bah. Dude, it shouldn't was, make shouldn't make that noise. Like, are you re- EA? Your biggest property that you own, or that you have the license to, yeah, is Star Wars. And on your biggest stage of the year, you're going to verbally announce the title and release date of this game and not show even a single frame, not even a title card, no music, nothing. Just sit down with the lead developer and have him verbally tell you the title and the release window. If that game is actually coming out in 18 months, they should have something that's showable. Something. Anything. 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 It's crazy. Do what Bethesda did with the elder scrolls 6 and show just a thing show like five seconds of nothing footage like starfield just show me starfield's literally just white text on a black background and i was into that give me like <laughs> a sith lord talking about order 66 which is the thing where they kill all the jedi and have the sound of a lightsaber turning on and then flash the title and play star wars music that would be exciting it'd be better than what they did which was nothing. For sure. But then they follow that up with uh, continually to fuck up Star Wars. They start talking about Battlefront 2. <sighs> they have this poor developer Battlefront 2 come out being like, hey guys. They they, uh, they put that poor developer on blast. And what oh, happened yeah. to Battlefront 2 was not that dude's fault. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he did not give a fuck about like loot boxes and progression systems in that game. He's probably just trying to make a good Star War. They were not, probably not his idea. No. Like, that was an EA executive's decision, and they put that guy on a fucking crucifix, put him out on stage there to apologize and be like, listen, guys, we heard you. We know we fucked up. We're going to make it right. We were listening to the fans. And we're turning around Battlefront 2 this year with Ewoks and the Clone Wars. The two favorite things Your that favorites. Star Wars fans like. Yeah, he goes, he talks about Hunt Mode, which is uh, this Ewok game type, which, um, uh, Ewok game type, which is like, uh... Wait, you're hunting Ewoks? I think it's either, you're hunting, e- you're probably either hunting Ewoks or Ewoks are hunting you, Stormtroopers. I mean, if it's a mode where you can hunt Ewoks, that's all right. I'm just fixing the light over here. Don't mind me. Mm-hmm. And then they talked about the solo DLC, which looks fine. You get to play as young everybody. Young everybody young everyone's Chewbacca, everyone's favorite young. iteration of Han Solo. And then the Clone Wars DLC. So they're they like, hey, doing the Clone Wars DLC. 
Here's a picture of General Grievous, everyone's favorite Star Wars character. Favorite Star Wars. It's on the screen behind us. We have the biggest map we've ever had in a Star Wars Battlefront game. It's Geonosis. And all right, bye. They don't show anything. Nope. They tell you that Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker are going to be in the game, which is like, okay. They are breaking okay. the, they are breaking the cardinal rule showdown tell at every time every single time they show They are game. telling you and not showing you anything for games that are either it's, already out or are coming crazy. out very 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 soon. You guys it's like you could really just show fucking Geonosis. Like come on. And that would get me hyped. That might you might get me to buy Battlefront 2 today if you just show this crazy game mode that you made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. every turn has shown that they are not in tune with how to talk to their fans with how to generate generate excitement from the enthusiasts or the press like they just they drop the ball year over year and this press conference was no different and it's mind-blowing to me for a company that has had so much fan backlash in the past has been Voted the worst company in America, which is fucking wild. Considering which is also like they should not have been voted. That, no, but they do not deserve to be called the worst company in absolutely America. Absolutely not. But like after being voted the worst company in America, you'd think you would put some resources and some time and some consideration into how do we kind of change the messaging on our whole fucking deal right now? No, they just uh, they're. Fumbling, they fumble the ball when it comes to uh, like fan and consumer interactions. They always feel very like corporate, and then when they do try to feel like, oh yeah, we're gamers, just like we're we're fellow kids like you. Hello, fellow kids. It's me with the skateboard. Uh, they just then just kind of throw a, a streamer or someone at us to do it, you know, or someone who has some kind of like Look, online. Here's a mouthpiece that talks like you do. We are robots. We don't understand. We just or, see dollar signs. We are your grandparents trying to sell you the video games. You like loot boxes, right? No. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, moving on from them fucking up Star Wars. They don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, they do. They have a little section for EA originals. Uh, they announced two unravel two. Which uh, dropped that day. So um, this is yeah. definitely the E3 of Shadow the first, releases. The first, like, uh, and it's available Ooh, now. Which is, like, depends on the game. Is good which bad. we know you're not going to go out and download because you're at the show. And nobody in the press is going to write about this game because they're fucking busy. Hey. Um, so Arrival 2 looked fine. Uh, it's a co-op game. You connect with your avatar tentacles. It, it, it looks it looks really cute. It's I pretty, might I it's might pretty. down the line play this uh, co op. It looks with a little too like a uh, little big planet floaty, floaty for me. Yeah, which I'm not I, as into. I think but. that was the major complaint of the first game. Like yeah. it just felt a little bit too floaty. Um, you don't want a floaty platformer. Not at least I don't. Really, I'm no. not that interested in that. But uh, the other EA original game they had looked really cool. Sea of Solitude. Cool. Um, yeah, they had uh, the developer of the game come on stage and it felt very genuine, what she was saying. Yes. She talked about how she wrote this game at a very dark place in her life and then she kind of envisioned uh, loneliness making you into a monster. This was like the one sliver of honesty that it felt like they had yeah. at the show. She fumbled her words a bit. She like seemed nervous. She, it was like a genuine human being. She seemed excited yeah. to be there. She seemed really excited to talk about something that she yeah. feels really strongly about that she's been working on for a long time. And I mean, I don't think they gave a good enough impression of the game to know really too much about it. I'm also a little burned by uh, Faye. 
because that yeah. was the last EA original game I was yeah. excited for, and it did not come out super good. So I'm I kind of like, all right. I heard it was all right. Uh, I want these games to be good. I, we'll see. You know. Yeah, the art style is cool. It's a. Uh, it's almost like kind of cell shaded Twilight Princessy Wind Waker. It's cool. Nothing else. It was nice to have someone on an EA stage that felt like a human being. Absolutely. So moving on from that, uh, we get some MLB, I think, or Madden stuff. Sports, 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 sports. Uh, I don't think there was any. The only MLB game out there right now is uh, The Show, Mm. which I don't think is published by EA. You're probably right. That's a Sony joint. Sorry. I don't know much about sports. They did show some Madden. They showed FIFA. Like We're not sports guys. Um, Yeah. But if you like those things. They're coming. There's going to be another one this year. And then there um, will be another one next year. Um, and another one the year after that. Another one out of the year after that. So look out. So I think the the lowest point of the conference happens right after this, and it's the they don't tell you until the very end of oh, the demonstration. God, I forgot about this. They don't tell you to the very end. So they're, you're, which is a bad marketing strategy because you're just watching this game getting played, and you're just like, what are they doing? Uh, they did. So, they did the, and I thought we were past this, but the. We're gonna do some esports on stage. We and got this Stark, this fucking Starcraft guy here to play our new Command and Conquer game on the iPhone. But it's on your phone. Yeah. So they have literally these two guys, two streamers who are probably well known. I don't know them because I'm not really into that. Um, they have them sit on stage with phones set next to each other, and they show like primarily off-screen footage of a phone. To show this, and game. then they show the game getting played, and uh, it's probably the least exciting thing I've ever seen. I mean, did you play Clash Royale at all? Clash Royale was that like Clash Clans? It's it's made by it's a Clash of Clans game, but it's basically I played Clash of Clans. It's basically from, two from player that. tower defense where you are sending waves of things at the other um, at the enemy, like and it's a one on one thing. Yeah, and the, you're like sending shit at each other, like. It's, you know, a little bit tower defense, a little bit MOBA, but like you're... Yeah. It's, that was a very, very popular game. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that they're going to capitalize on it. It doesn't really feel like, like, you know, Command & Conquer is a very long-running franchise. Hasn't always been the best, but there are a lot of, like, Die people fans, out there that yeah. are, like, feel very strongly about Command & Conquer and have, you know, a legacy with Command & Conquer and to be like, what's up, Command & Conquer fans? We got what you want. Brand new game for you. It's on your phone. It's free to play. And we got some streamers here to show it to you. It's you know, just like, yikes. It was, it was cringeworthy watching that. I mean, whenever any press, conferences, press conference does streamers on stage and like a canned like yeah. live match... It sucks. It's never that it's good. Not no, good. it's never good. Luckily, I think that was like pretty much the only one of these throughout the whole yeah, show. I think uh, last year EA did a bunch of them, especially with Star Wars Battlefront. Everyone did. Everyone, yeah, everyone did, did a lot of like esporty things. This year, not so much. They backed off. They realized no one wants to see that shit. Like, if you're gonna do that, do a post show. Do like a wild, like do a Smash Invitational or, like, the, or the thing. Yeah, like do it for real. There are people out there that really like esports, but they want it to be a real competition. When yeah. you do a canned showing, it nobody buys it. Mm-hmm. 
So moving on from that, the show closes out with a pretty big chunk devoted to Anthem. Uh, Anthem, developed by Bioware, is coming. They announced the release date, February 22nd, 2019. Another February. We'll talk about February, February 22nd, 22nd is getting crowded. Another uh, big theme of E3 2018 is February 2nd, 2019. 22nd. That's uh, that's because that's days. 22nd, I think yes. it's days gone. We'll we'll get to we'll it. get there. There's mm, what four five games coming out on that day. It's a lot. It's the new October twenty seventh. It's a of lot. Last year, yeah. Um. So Anthem looks cool. Uh, I feel a lot more positive about Anthem. Kind of hearing what the press was saying about it behind closed doors, yes. playing it separately. So do I. Um, seeing it, so just like a face value from watching it during the conference. Um, they had a weird trailer that had a remix of that Mew song in it that was just like fine. More dramatic remixes and of, then they, of popular songs. Yeah, then they had an interview with developers, which was kind of like fine. I mean, it was it was just another weird messaging thing because yeah. they did the trailer and then the developer interview and then a gameplay walkthrough. Yeah. Which is seems like it's the complete reverse order that you want to do things in. Like, show your game first. Show what it actually looks like to play the game. Mm-hmm. Have developers talk about it, either during the gameplay or afterwards. Yeah, they'll to talk segment a little bit, it separately. Yeah. And then cut a trailer for, like, here's what the rest of the game looks like. Sure, I buy that. Or even, like, give me a trailer with a lot of story beats as a tone piece, and then show me what the game looks like. And, and then, then have the developers talk about it. Sure, over that. That sounds perfect. Have one of them be playing it. it one just, one of them. It just like, felt so misinformed. It's just weird. And, uh, they and talked that game a lot. probably is going to be pretty cool. I think it's going to be sick. They talked a lot about... Um, and it's soon. It's I think soon. it's probably going to get pushed to the end of next year. Uh, yeah, I don't think that game's coming out on the 22nd. I think it's getting delayed. Because they already announced that it's not going to have PvP at launch. I'm just kind of like, so just, what else isn't just, baked into this game? Just push it to the end of next year. Just like, have it be done. First quarter of next year is already so crowded. Just push it in. Yeah. Make it a summer game. August, August, July is a good time to release like major video games. Especially There's major always video a game that you want to be like kind of a games of service, like ongoing Destiny-like sort of thing. Like I totally agree. Yo, put that out. A, over the summer when all the kids are out of school and they have mm. a shit ton, ton of time to invest in your game. And B, when there's, like, not generally, year over year, like, not a lot else out. They wanted to hammer home, uh, which I think is because it is a game of service, and now there's just, like, this anxiety of uh, lack of post-game content for a lot of these games. So uh, Anthem and Division 2 actually made it a point each time they were shown to kind of be like, and when you beat the game... There's there's still stuff. There's, there's shit still to do. stuff to do. There okay? is endgame content. So maybe you give us a five hour video game and then a ten hours of post game. We'll see. I mean, it's more like a. I mean, if it's anything like Destiny, it's more like a ten to fifteen hour video game and then like a hundred hours of post game. But right. on most Depends of those hundred hours, it's just kind of. From what I've heard from the behind closed doors, um, press stuff feels awesome to it fly. Feels. Around awesome yeah like everyone i've heard has been like flying around in your robot suit is sick yeah i've i heard some press talking about it that got very excited about playing that game so So, i mean i'm in yo if it's gonna be one of those games where you're spending like 100 hours doing kind of like end gamey kind of content like destiny the thing that makes destiny work is it feels really good to play yeah so if anthem at least has that and then they can pull off like having a good variety in the content, 
having a good variety in the environments that they're working within, yeah. which they've already shown like it's a Bioware game. Mm-hmm. They've shown with Dragon Age like that ha- Dragon Age had like a wealth of content and very unique looking places and like a variety. Yeah. Like if you can pull that off in one of these loot driven multiplayer games, like that is a recipe for success. And you're yeah. and that is capitalizing on the faults of the other games in that space like destiny 2 like destiny 2 has dropped the ball with the end game content Mm -hmm. um people are not psyched on what's going on with like the long tail on destiny so destiny 2 is having a lot of problems it seems like at least from what i hear if they can nail how the game feels and they can nail the amount of content that will keep people playing for long amounts of time like that's going to be a good game. It's not enough to have a strong loop. You got to have a reason to want to engage with that loot or loop, yes. like gameplay loop, you know? Why do I want to grind? Why do I want to get gear? Why do I want to do this? But the question know? is, it's a Bioware game. Who can I fuck? Well, they said no ra- romances in this one. Did you hear that? No fucking. There's no banging in this one. None. Yeah, so you can't snuggle up in a robo suit with, an, with a buddy. I'm out. You're here first. Jack Hall Jackson, not playing Anthem. If I can't fuck an alien, I'm I'm out. I don't think there are aliens in this game besides the monsters. You trying to bang one of the monsters? Forget it. Bye. You just got me now, audience, hosting this thing. Oh, Jack, you're back. I you got over it. A little bit tied to this microphone. You're also in my apartment, so I can't really. You can't really leave. Yeah, Yeah. you know I'm going to touch all your stuff. Yeah. So moving on from EA Play, uh, rest in peace. Uh, we got Bethesda's conference. Uh, I think Bethesda had a pretty good conference. I think it was solid. Actually, Microsoft was next. It wasn't Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft. Was next. Oh, I watched these out of order. I'm sorry, guys. So we'll get to we'll do Microsoft yeah. first. Then uh, uh, Microsoft. Microsoft was Sunday afternoon. Uh, okay. Yeah. Microsoft's conference was pretty good. Yeah, it felt pretty fucking different from EA. It's like they're like, I feel like they're doing like kung fu on you with new video games Dude. the entire time. Yeah, there was a which I'm into. Lo- they showed a lot of shit. So I want to talk about. You want to take a quick break before actually we get back and talk about Microsoft some more? You want to take a break now? Yeah, real quick. Okay. Hey guys, Mike Burge popping in here again real quick to let you guys know about all the really awesome new stuff that we've got going on uh, as far as social media and the interwebs is concerned with StoryScreen. Uh, as always, of course, StoryScreenBeacon.com is still continuing to churn out articles and reviews on a more weekly basis. And of course, we are also usually uploading anywhere between two and three podcasts a week because we're awesome. But you can also check us out over on Vimeo, where under Story Screen Beacon, which is our uh, label over there, our handle, so to speak, uh, we have all the teasers that we've ever created um, for all of the trailer reels before different screenings that we've done. We also have our uh, best of 2017 list compilation video, which is a lot of fun. Uh, We've mentioned this on previous podcasts before, but we really want to push for people to get over there because if we can start generating some clicks, we can start uh, making some more videos and uh, start really pumping in some time in there. Uh, We have an idea to start doing um, video uh, commentary and video uh, reviews and analyses 
And uh, we really want to start generating that. And we want to see if maybe some of our podcast listeners would uh, be interested in kind of jumping over and every now and then having maybe like a little short seven to 10 minute video, uh, kind of going over different things that we might have talked about in previous podcast episodes, but going in there a little bit more in depth and also with some uh, fun visual guides. So uh, hit us up in any comments, whether it's on uh, Instagram or Twitter uh, which you can find all those handles on our website, storiescreenbeacon.com. Uh, communicate with us. Let us know exactly uh, what we can do that would be exciting for you guys uh, in a different way. Um, except for uh, we will always do tangents. That's just um, that's our thing. We're going to do that. Okay, back to the show. And we're back about video games how was your break it's good i peed and i got a fresh beer so hey there you go finish talking about it yay uh, never right. talk about it yay again no. and then ea Until came to a close and yes. the next conference was microsoft all right we already started talking about microsoft it's been a long it's been like it's been a long five hours since we started it's been a long time um so the conference started off with the halo infinite trailer you're right no I halo was, this year no Halo this year. Maybe not even Halo next year. Uh, I don't. <laughs> that's another one where I'm like, next gen. We'll I see. Just, man, I just wanted to play Halo we this still, year. Well, like, they're they're gonna put Master Chief Collection on Games Pass and shit. I already so. own that game. I mean, I got an Xbox this year. I got an Xbox yeah. One this year. Um, I got it as a hand me down from a friend that got an Xbox One X, and he was like, "Yo, I'll give you my Xbox real cheap." Shout out to Pat. Um. Thanks, I Pat. will probably get an Xbox One X this year, um, which I, I'm looking forward to. Probably yep. going to get it, finally invest in the 4K TV. But the point here is that I just got an Xbox One this year. I finally have been able to play Master Chief Collection and Halo after 5. being like a pretty big Halo fan on Xbox 360. Yeah, um, and being able to play Halo Five, and I just was really hoping they would announce Halo 6 for this year so I can jump into a multiplayer community that is fresh. Yeah. Seems like I'm going to have to keep waiting for a bit longer, though. Yeah, I think opening the conference with this trailer was really weird. Uh, it was weird. I think that there should have been a little bit more talking. It was pretty. Sh- it, is it? Because I, thought it, I thought it looked a little dated, honestly. Okay. I mean... It, it, I mean, it was one of those trailers where the first like minute or so you're, you're not like, supposed uh, to know what it is. What is yet? This? Yeah. There's some weird animals. There's big open environments, and then as soon as they showed like the first like ring thing that people then are walking into, like, oh, okay, this is probably gonna be a so. Halo. There's a few things. There's not much that we can glean from the trailer and the title, but there's a few things that we can. The chief is back, baby. Chief is back. His helmet looks streamlined, and his and his left leg is skinny. Two. Uh, the game seems to be, it feels very much like Combat Evolved, so I'm thinking that More they're open. doing a return to basics situation. I think well, they're trying to, like, rein Halo in a little bit. There was, not to spoil it, but at the end of Halo 5, a suggestion that we might be going back to some rings things that are featured prominently <laughs> in the original Halo. The big circle planet. Or ring planet, because we're on a circle planet. It's probably right going to be on a halo. It's going to take place on a halo. So, I think that we're doing a return to basics. Okay, so now let's talk about the title. Halo Infinite. To me, 
This screams games of service. I don't think so. I think I think Infinite just kind of sounds cool. And if you remember from, I think it was the Halo 4 multiplayer, Infinity was the name of the ship that they, that like the multiplayer took place on. Like yeah. Infinity, the conceit there was that the multiplayer is training for Spartans and mm-hmm. Infinity is a ship with basically a holodeck on it. And that's where all and the all multiplayer the, all takes place. all the Spartans are training. Mm-hmm. So like it makes sense that they would use Infinite as a subtitle. It makes sense that they don't want to call a game Halo 6 because 6 is a pretty high number. Yeah, but like... It makes sense to me if they want to... What's 5 and 6 besides the obvious number? I like, mean, 5 is already getting up there. Yeah. And when it gets to 6, it's like... All right, let's just like kind of reset this because they've had subtitles. Like it was Halo Five Guardians. Yeah, was did four have a subtitle? Four was just four. All right, so four was just four. Five had a subtitle. Now I think six. They just take out the number, which yeah. is fine, and just leave the subtitle. They've said that this game. I think they said off stage that this game is the direct sequel to Five. So it's it's not like they're ditching kind of what the yeah. canon is or or trying to go too far in the future or maybe even too far in the past. Now, um, that said, would I be surprised if they announced that there is a Battle Royale mode in this game? Oh, no. hell no. Would I be opposed to that? Probably oh, hell not. hell no. Because <laughs> I like the way Halo plays a lot. Um, I think you can do short-range, mid-range, and long-range combat in Halo, which you need to do they've for a Battle that Royale since, game. They've proven that since the first one with BTB and shit. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool. Like... Ha- promising really big open combat situations in a halo game is very exciting for me because that's what brought me to the series in the first place Mm -hmm. so i'm down for this like i'm bummed that it seems like it's going to be really far off um hopefully it's not as far off as they made it seem by just showing this like one kind of cg trailer but yeah you know i'm here for more halo you're going to get it. Give it to me when you can. I'm not sure which shape it's going to take. Uh, my main thing is I hope they don't get rid of the Spartan abilities that they added to Halo 5 because I thought that really freshened up that game. Yeah. Uh, the boosting I, and the jumping was cool. I don't want them to go so return to basics where you're like giving the Halo 2 crybabies what they want. Where it's just like, we just want just the normal Do we have jetpacks? No! no! It's just like, Actually, nah. yes, we do have jetpacks still. Sorry, nerds. Thrusters, aim down sights for those who use it or those who don't. Whatever. I think that's all good in Halo and really freshened it up. You aim know? down sights is totally fine to me in the way that you don't need them because yes. it's Halo. It's like, an option. You can aim yeah. down sights, but it doesn't change like the, the spread on your gun. Like You can take it or leave it. So, cool. Leave that shit in. Give me a nice big open Halo. Make it pretty. Yep. Just give me some release the armor a little bit faster in the level progression maybe don't deal with those card packs again like those kind of suck but also i'm positive that bethesda was first because they show no they show fallout 76 and the guy uh what's his name the guy who had type 5 during bethesda's todd howard he said it's good to see you guys again right because so long because he was there the day before no he Mm. said that at the bethesda robbie who watched them live? Mm, mm, I guess I'll have to agree with you, Time Master. But Microsoft was like 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon and Bethesda... Oh, no, sorry. Microsoft was 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon because remember I texted you and said, do you want to come over? Oh, yeah. And then Bethesda was at 9. All right. Moving, I watched them both live. You can't really argue with me here. So moving on from that, uh, last year at Microsoft's uh, EA press conference, they 
had kind of like a similar vibe where they announced a lot of stuff. They talked about Xbox One X at the beginning, and then they like really hammered home games, 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 they games, games. a lot of games. And this year is the same. Um, uh, Phil Phil Spencer came out on stage. He was predominantly the dude Phil, on stage, which, Spencer, which is good because he's awesome. Phil Spencer is the kind of dude that you want to put on stage. He's the CEO who cares about people and gamers and yeah. video games. And, and when you listen to Phil Spencer talk in interviews... He is very candid. I mean, Microsoft is a little bit on their back foot because they are definitely trailing yeah, behind sales yeah. of Sony right now. But I think that puts them in a really good place because it means like they're going to hustle yeah. to get it done. And, and this is a hustle. Right and they're, here. they're talking very openly about like their plans. Mm-hmm. They're talking very openly about, you know, their, I think their Game Pass initiative is really cool. Like we'll no matter how you feel about bit, the new yeah. Halo game, whenever it came, comes out, if you pay 10 bucks a month, you can play Halo. All like, of them. Yeah. Literally all of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I there was a sale on uh, over the course of E3. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like? I think it was Amazon and Newegg and Best Buy. Like if you pay for six months of... Or sorry, if you pay for three months of Game Pass, you get six months worth. That's of great. Time. So like I did that. So when some of these games come out at the end of the year, I'm just going to have them. And it's very cool. cool. That's a good thing to do. Uh, Microsoft is very good at doing um, game services. I don't want to get that confused with games as service. I yeah, mean, like, no. services, services to facilitate, like, games. Um, so he announced kind of up front that you're going to be showing 50 games, 18 exclusive to the box, and I think it was, a, I think he said 15 world premiere, so not have been seen before. And they started off with uh, Ori uh, and the Will of the Wisps, which is the second Ori game in that series. Yep. Looked you, very different. Did you play the first Ori? I didn't play the first Ori. This one, though, looked very different from the first Ori. Okay. A lot more combat. Um, seemed a little bit more horizontal, not as vertical as the other Ori They only was. showed a little bit. But That's true. I think it looked really cool, though. I have heard really... I haven't played the first Ori. It's one of those I've games heard it's that great. I think I'll get around to at some point, hopefully, mm-hmm. before the sequel comes out. But... Uh, I hear nothing but good things about that game, yep. and I'm sure the sequel will be A-OK as well. It looks cool. Great art style. Uh, moving on from that, we get Sekiro. Sekiro. That's uh, from Software's new game. It Published by Activision, weirdly published, enough. That is very weird. Uh, so from, from Software, they do Dark Souls? Yes. And Bloodborne? Yes. So they do those very hard Japanese games. Yes. So this was one of the few, like actual surprises is a world premiere yep yeah um which was cool because from tease this game last year at the, i think the sony experience or paris games week it was one of those like they did a yeah remember they like it wasn't really, an e3 it was the thing that people we talked about this on the pre-show like, they thought it was bloodborne right maybe bloodborne 2 yeah. because it was like a close-up on a weird like bone rope looking thing and you realize that this it's this character's hand it's his arm yeah, yeah. he's got like a, a prosthetic arm but it looks it is japanese fantasy Mm -hmm. um samurais yep but with like a kind of body horror sort of aspect i'm into i'm into it uh the thing that got me really excited about this game is that it does not look as kind of like methodically i don't want to say slow in a derogatory way but like Bloodborne Deliberate. and Dark Souls is yeah, it like I feel like traversal like he was like grappling on yeah. like ceilings and stuff, yeah. so like it seems a little bit more loose the gameplay. So, there seems to be more traversal elements to it. So it this I think is supposed to be somewhat of a spiritual successor to the Tenchu games. 
and everything but the name. Okay. They're like ninja games. Sure. Um, so I, I think they will take a... I think the combat will feel really impactful in the way that From is very good at, at doing with Souls and Bloodborne. Yeah. But I think it might feel a little bit more accessible in the way that it's maybe a little faster, maybe a little bit less punishing. Mm-hmm. But I think that if the setting looks really cool, the enemies look really cool, um, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. This one looks cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to keep my eye on this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm actually... Uh, I played Bloodborne. I kind of decided that those games were not really for me. Um, it's fair they're not for everybody and it took me i am a fan of the dark soul series i've played i've only played one yeah and bloodborne i've not played two or three but i played all the way through one and really really liked it but i can see how you might bounce off of it because i think it took me three tries of like starting just dark doing souls it. Yeah. before i got all the way i mean the game. the design of the game which is like very on purpose is to kind of be like aloof and like kind of hard to get into that's part of like what the design of the game is there's two it's two things yeah i think about dark souls one is that the combat doesn't feel like your typical third person action combat yeah so when you first pick it up to play it it doesn't feel like any third person action game you've played before mm-hmm. in a way that made demon souls and dark souls like really novel when they yeah. came out the other thing is it doesn't communicate much to you, the player, on purpose. Yes. So when you combine the you've never played anything like this before with we're not really going to tell you how to play it, like the discovering of how to play it is sort of part of part the of mystique the of this game. Mm-hmm. It makes it very difficult for to get into the first time. Yeah. The way I got into Dark Souls the first time was I watched someone play a big chunk of that game and then thought like, okay... Now that I'm like watching this person do a significant amount of this Mm. and watching this person figure this out and take away the like hard part of learning how to do this, I want to try this for myself. It's a bit more accessible now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's a big investment. I don't think this game will have as big of a learning curve. It seems like it's a more accessible from software game. But also at this point, that template of like a Dark Souls-like has been done a number of times now where it's kind of become its own they pretty much invented their own genre of third person action games yeah well i mean like you know uh assassin's creed newest i've been playing assassin's creed origins uh they i'll give you some gameplay cues. Some, the combat is pretty much ripped from dark souls for god of war take some gameplay cues Absolutely. there are some more direct ones like the surge and uh lords yeah. of the fallen those are pretty much like I don't want to say copies, but like very similar gameplay wise. Neo to those. is very much like very a, much like very that. much a Dark Souls esque sort of. It plays like a Dark yeah. Souls, and I think this will be in this similar. It's funny that like <laughs> we've come full circle where From is now making a samurai Dark Souls, where Neo did this, like Team it's Ninja true. did this. Last I think year. I think honestly, From Software this E3 has kind of shown that they're they're doing different stuff because they showed this game, which doesn't look too traditionally like a from software game and then they showed that weird vr game uh during the ps4 or the sony one and that game was just like when they said from software you're like what yeah so moving on from that we get fallout 76 um yeah they showed a trailer they showed trailer trailer for for fallout 76 uh which didn't give you a ton at that moment we're let's let's save let's save some fallout 76 talk for bethesda Mm. Then we get a uh, big Crackdown 3 kind of gameplay trailer. Who plays Terry Crews? 
which is cool. That's cool. I think that you can probably make your own character. Like he's just what they use for the trailer. Play as Terry Crews if you want to. Well, I which, I, which I will choose that if yes. I do play this game. Uh, it's coming I think out in February. Be a fool not to. This is definitely the best showing of the game they've had so far. Yeah, it doesn't look as dated, but doesn't look as fresh as some of these other games. No, but, but it's also a big destructible cloud-based video game. And so. again, if you have Game Pass, you can play this game yep. without investing the sixty bucks in it. So you can try it out. I thought the trailer was was as someone who's like pretty down on Crackdown. Hey, uh, the trailer I thought was really good, and I it, it was I a hope, fun trailer. I hope that people get into it and they like it. The the strengths of Crackdown are fun, colorful playgrounds, yeah. and if they can nail that with Crackdown Three, they'll be in good shape. They announced a date for it. I don't think they're going to push it back any further than this date. It's February 22nd, <laughs> the mythical day. It looks The game looked pretty baked at this point. Yeah. The other times when they showed it, it did not look baked. Weirdly, though, they did not talk about any of the stuff that they've been pitching for this game in any prior you, show. Oh, you can't have, like, too much crackdown on that stage right now. That game needs to just be but They didn't even show it in the trailer, like the destructible environments that they talked about. Yeah, they showed some destructibility, I think. Not like buildings and shit like that, I guess. which I guess is kind of the selling point. But... I don't know. There's not a lot to say about Crackdown. We'll play no, it in February. No, we'll, we'll talk. I'll, I'll play it in February. I got my Xbox. I got Game Pass. He's going to do it. Uh, then they announced uh, Nier is coming out for the Xbox One, which is yep. uh, good for you guys. They also announced Nier 2 during Sony. Oh, that was Nier 2? Yeah, it was Nier Those 2. Those games look too similar, <laughs> if you well, ask me. they... Near came out. Near one came out in February of last year, and they're announcing near two already. So Are you sure like, you're talking about Neo? Oh, sorry, not near. I was gonna say I don't yes. think they announced. Neo. You are talking yes. about Neo. Yes. Okay. Yes. Neo. So they announced near near Automata. Yes. 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 So that's coming out on Xbox. So good for you guys for getting that. Uh, then they talked about Neo is not coming out on Xbox. No, that is a Sony exclusive. Yes. Um, Metro Exodus. They showed a trailer for, which if you remember last year, they showed a, a kind of a vertical slice of the game, which looked yep. really cool. The trailer uh, looks cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't played a Metro game, but this this is going to be the one. We'll see. Yeah, they look cool. It looks cool. A lot of the guns look really cool. Uh, then they showed the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer. Kingdom Hearts is one of those games that was not coming out. You didn't hear anything about it for years, and now you just can't stop hearing about it. Yeah. They're just going to keep talking about uh, it. What do we get? Four instances, three instances. It was at every single. It was at almost every single conference. Microsoft, Square Enix, and Sony. Sony. So yep. three separate times they yep. showed like fairly similar trailers. Oh, they're almost exactly the same. Well, Microsoft and Square Enix was exactly the same. I actually got up to pee during the Sony showing, so I didn't see that one. There's like a a few different things in it. I don't. You played some Kingdom Hearts. I haven't really played any Kingdom Hearts to speak of. So before they start showing the trailers for this game, I was pretty excited. And now I'm like, I'm getting less and less excited for this game the more and more they show it. It feels like with each Kingdom Hearts release, they are narrowing the window of their fandom. Like, if you are in but on fandom Kingdom Hearts... Getting like more, it's like getting more ravenous. You are all the way in. You yeah. are like Keyblade Tattoo, like all the way deep. You're doing it. But for anyone else, it feels like the series is completely impenetrable. The thing that I've been hearing a lot is, uh, from like the press, is that there are parts of it that are a lot better. There are parts of it that feels like a really pretty PS2 game. <laughs> So I mean, some really of the stuff that they that. showed, like especially the Disney stuff, is you know, it's kind of become cliche at this point to say yeah. like, oh, the graphics they look like Pixar quality now. But like 
some of the Pixar stuff looks fairly similar to what you see in a Pixar movie. Like, yeah, not really, because when you really look at like modern Pixar movies, the the detail that they're like, it's pretty wild. You look at Incredibles two, the amount yeah. of detail that they're putting into that like very stylized mm-hmm. kind of stuff is like fucking insane. And after just watching Incredibles one, I can tell you that you know Kingdom Hearts three is is better than like at the time when a movie like that came out. It's better know? than Pixar ten years ago. More yeah, than exactly. 10 years ago. <laughs> but I don't know how much incrementally. But like it 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 it's got that look now. Like yeah. they're they are making convin- if you're not looking at them side by side, they're making convincing yeah. looking Pixar stuff, which is cool. Yeah, I just don't yeah, yeah. I think that game is too I'm too far out of It's the problem with it's the same Final Fantasy 15 problem it's the same problem they're gonna have with the remake of ff7 more like, of a final fantasy more than the final fantasy 15 problem because yeah. at least that was like you know final fantasy has the advantage of being anthology or like yeah. with each new release it's basically like that different besides thing. the direct sequels but like yeah here's a new world <clears throat> here's new characters here's a new story whereas like kingdom hearts has two other main games and then like a handful of kind of obscure yeah. mobile titles that are just like I don't know how you keep up with that story at this point. Well, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I don't. Um, so moving on from KH3, will not be the last time we talk about it. Uh, sea of Three, Sea of Thieves, Seas of E3, uh, get some DLC announced, two packs coming out August and September, I think. Which it needs, that game desperate. There's like a it pretty cool... some content really bad. There's a pretty cool foundation to that game. There's just not a lot to do in it. So <laughs> yeah. if they can stick by that game and put out some content for the next couple of years, that'll be good. I don't know how they're going to generate excitement from a fan base other than people yeah. like myself that have Game Pass that are like, oh, the Sea of Thieves uh, content is out and it's free. So I guess I'll just log on and check it out. Fuck with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's been four hours, two to four hours and I'm done. Like, I don't know, man. That game had the problem. That game is having the problem that we all kind of saw coming a mile away. Yeah. You know? I, I I want that game to succeed. Like, there's a really cool foundation there. I totally agree. Sailing feels really cool, especially when you're on the big ship with, with three other people. And I'm also on Team Rare. Like, I want them to succeed. Yeah. I love it's Rare. It's yeah. really, really pretty. It feels really good to sail around with four people. There's just not a lot to do. It's so, I hope they can deliver with that DLC. We'll um, see. So then moving on to who... I like your note here for this next one. Yeah. Battlefield 5. And what I what I did wrote, what I did write is, uh, that's it. That's it. Because EA made such a thing, they're like, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be at Microsoft we'll to be show back you tomorrow. more. You'll see. You'll see. And they show, I think it's just a CGI trailer of the story. It was like a quick trailer. Yeah, it's like, it's like a minute long. And they're like, and see you later. When um, they said that at ea the day before i was like all right cool maybe now we'll, we'll get the get, gameplay we'll exactly. get like a little walkthrough of a single player mission maybe they'll show that. some really bombastic cool stuff they'll show like some storytelling stuff going on and they showed a quick like two minute cut together trailer and like yeah i don't know it's probably gonna be cool but they're just not making a convincing showing there no it's a it's a bad showing overall of the game at these conferences i think moving on from battlefield 5 uh forza forza horizon 4 gets announced yeah uh, it's a shared open world with dynamic season changes uh i'm not super into forza but you i think you like forza right yeah i um are you excited for this i really like the forza horizon games mm-hmm. um i like racing i'm not um i'm not a car guy at all yeah. i don't really care about cars but i really like 
the worlds that they build in Forza Horizon because each of the Forza Horizon games is set around a festival. Yeah. So and it and it takes place in a big open world setting. So the first game took place in Colorado. The second game took place in Italy and France, like mm-hmm. coastal Italy and France. The third game took place in Australia, and then this game takes place in Britain. Cool. Um, and they really nail the vibe of this is a festival. Yeah. Everyone is here for this. There is music going on here. There is racing. Everyone here is. It's like a summer festival event, mm-hmm. and they just they do a good job of. Just giving it kind of good vibes. Yeah. And the racing feels like the sweet spot between Super Sim and Very Arcadey. It feels... I I like to turn most of the assists off. Mm. So I'm like doing the like the clutch Real and, raw, the, and like, and like shifting and turning off all the brakes and steering assists. So it feels like... It feels like you are in control of the car, like the game is not yeah. controlling the car for you. But at the same time, it is not this kind of sim where it's like, if you don't take this turn right, you're going to spin out every time. Okay. So it's a little so forgiving it, it, it in It is that forgiving way. Okay. in that way. And it, it just is a good time. Like, sure. it's really fun to just kick this. That is kind of my, like, zen out game. Okay. I and feel that. for that, just, like, racing around, doing some events. Usually the soundtrack is, like, pretty interesting. Like, it's... Also, not usually my kind of music, but like it, it really that. fits the kind of vibe that they're going for. Um, and having this, a this game looks really, really pretty. They all look really good. Um, that's that's the a, thing about. I have Forza. a fondness in my heart for Britain. <laughs> so yeah, uh, having say. a British fiance. Um, she, I showed her the trailer for this. She says it looks really cool. Yeah. And like when they opened up the trailer and they're showing like the rolling hills and the moors and like a lot of sheep, it's like, oh shit, that's Britain. Like, yeah. And they specifically said Britain, not England. So I'm assuming this is going to be mainland England, Scotland, and potentially Wales. Cool. So that'll be really cool. I think there will be a lot of really like pretty settings. Mm-hmm. And they're also really leaning into seasons in this game the the, the, the presentation they did on change, stage yeah seasons will change everything yeah like yeah t- t- yeah technically yeah, i mean yes, they would make the road different yes. and the trees will die yes. and then come back yeah, to life yeah that's the, what they the, do the trees will change several times <laughs> a year um but it looks really cool mm. like i think spring summer and fall will probably look the same Maybe there'll be more rain in spring, which will change the handling on the right. cars. Or like leaves on the road with rain. Or Could be, like that. Yeah, yeah. But a those those will be really pretty. But then when they show winter, and they show big lakes that are freezing over, will totally change the way like the entire layout of the map works right. because you'll be able to drive across this lake. Um, they didn't get too deep into how the seasons are going to change like is this something you will load into the summer map or load yeah. into the fall map or will this change it's dynamically like day, it's not like a day and night cycle where it's it like be, happens every day is winter be, uh, an animal crossing kind of thing where if you're in fall it's actually fall and once you go into winter it's actually winter i doubt that that would be kind of neat but i doubt yeah that i'm not sure do. how like the seasons clock will change but again this comes out in october of this year and we'll be on Game Pass. And we'll be on Game Pass. Yep. So 
I'm really looking. This was actually one of the games from this show that I'm. I was probably really excited the most, for. Most excited about well, this. That's, that's I would good. say probably top three. Wow, for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, it looks great. Uh, moving on from there, uh, Phil Spencer talks about some of um, some studio acquisitions that they made. Uh, some a little less surprising than others. They got the the guys from We Happy Few. They acquired uh, Ninja Theory, uh-huh. which is actually a pretty big Who deal. They did uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They did DMC. They did... Um, it's right over there. What's the game called? Fuck. Uh, Journey to the West something. Journey? Oh, I'm not familiar with uh, that one. They, are, they specialize mostly in third-person character action games. Yeah. But... This will be something we hit on with Talking Simulator. Like they are, and I think Hellblade is probably right yeah. for an episode where we dive into like the narrative structure of that game. Mm-hmm. But Ninja Theory does they as a studio really focus on their narrative and their characters and telling a story, and they're yeah. well known for telling good stories based around strong characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play with that that narrative structure with Hellblade. Yeah with a character you know that's a that that is a game about mental illness and they're saying something about mental illness um so f- this is a good get for microsoft i think i think so too i think all these are good uh undead labs they acquired are they the guys who made um state of decay state of decay yes and state of decay 2 just came out yep so it's not super surprising and there nope. was one more i don't think i, I mean those games were already though. console exclusive to microsoft yeah so it's cool the um, other one is playground games who oh, okay. are who do Forza Horizon? So also oh, okay, not that surprising, right? Because those are also exclusive to Microsoft platforms. Mm-hmm. But Phil Spencer also teased that Playground is making a new open world RPG, which we talked about on the pre-show. Could be Fable. It's Fable. Um, like Phil Spencer kind of winked and nodded at the camera, like it's an open world Microsoft RPG. Probably know what this is, but we're not talking about it today. But you know, stay yeah. tuned and and. You know, I think they do a really good job with the Forza Horizon games, and mm. I'm, I'm, I like Fable a lot. Yeah, didn't play three, but I liked one and two quite a bit. And the promise of a new studio doing a fresh take on Fable, I think, could be really cool. I think they'll, I think they'll crush it. Um, and then they, we got a, a release date for We Happy Few, which is August tenth uh, mm-hmm. of this year. That game looks cool. We'll see what it's like when it comes out. Apparently, that game is a lot different than it was when it came out on the preview Early access, program. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they they kind of realized that the survival aspect was not working, and so they re- then they must have changed the whole game. They then. sort of pivoted to a much more. I keep hearing the Bioshock comparisons. It looks so much like Bioshock, and apparently, cool. what that game will actually be is a much more like narrative focused single player yeah more like linear kind of narrative and that's I what i want out of that game honestly. the world they built is really cool and i yeah. want them to focus on the story part of that world i don't want to play like a survival yeah you know roguelike in that world i want to be told the story yeah or I wanna, so let I me experience put me in put me in the cart let me take the roller coaster yeah exactly experience. yeah i'm totally cool yeah. with that i mean there's there's not a ton of games like that no we did not get a Bioshock reveal this year. No, but it's coming. I think it's probably it's coming. still coming at some point. Like that license is is probably too big to never use again. I think they're probably just letting it chill out for a little while so they it's can do nice. sort of like a 
re- soft reboot kind of thing. There's a lot of IPs that I think are going to skip a generation. We'll get it back later. Like, I think Dead Space will come back eventually. I think a lot of different games will come back. Yeah, and when you they know? do come back, it'll probably be long enough that it will be exciting. Different and exciting. Um, yeah. But uh, in I the agree. meantime, I think we have a few might scratch that itch for a new Bioshock. I think so, too. And uh, they talk about PUBG for a little bit. After that, uh, they announce Winter. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Uh, I actually... A snow map in PUBG is something I have wanted you, you since, fuck with? since PUBG first came out on, on PC back oh, in right. May of last year. I was like, a snow map would be sick. Yeah. Um, the trailer that they showed for PUBG was pretty disingenuous because in no universe does PUBG look like that on Xbox. <laughs> yeah. It probably looks like a lot of the explosions are cutting in last minute. It's like... This Texture's trailer popping. looks like a really pretty version of PUBG. Oh, it is PUBG. Oh, it don't huh. look like that on Xbox. Sorry, guys. It don't even really look like that on PC. But okay. But snow maps are cool. Snow maps are cool. Uh, well, I have not much to say about that. Tales of Vesperia gets announced. Don't have much to say about that. Uh, then that they is show... a, That's a JRPG that did not ever come to the U.S., Oh, okay. So that's kind of exciting. So it's pretty cool for fans of Tales of Vesperia that they are localizing it, releasing it in cool. the U.S. on Xbox. It looks not like a game that you and I would really... Probably not, with. but yeah. like for people who are looking for something like that, like this is something that the publisher said will never happen. Oh, and, and now it's happening, happening on Xbox. So it's so pretty cool. It's, it's one of the Tales games. There are a lot of games. I think Symphonia was the big one that a lot of that people... That one's popular. Yeah. yeah. I think people really um, like that one. So like, it's... Microsoft did, uh, Phil Spencer said at the top of this, like, you know, we are trying to get experiences from all over the world. Yeah. We're trying to diversify our portfolio. We're trying to bring stuff to Xbox that is not just your beefy dude third person shooter looking at you, Gears of War. Like, they're trying to branch out. And I think. Well, Gears of War is changing as well. Yeah. And for the better. For the better. And I, we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute, but it's. It's cool that they are they the, the strongest thing about this press conference I thought was that they showed a very diverse It is very diverse. I, I totally agree. Not a lot of it is first party, not a lot of it is exclusive, but they're talking about all these games which was something that Sony did not do. Sony focused. It's different strategies that I think work best for where those consoles are right now. And I think that if X, if Xbox can't rally this first party problem that they have then keep on toting that you have the strongest box for the third parties. Exactly. That's totally and fine. show off all these yeah. third parties and say that we've got the, you know... The best box We've got it. the best 4K box, if yeah. that's the way you want to play. Um, after that, we get uh, Division 2. Looks really cool. Uh, a lot more colorful than the Division 1. Yep. Uh, I think I'm going to jump in this year. I think I'm going to give it a go. Um, yeah. The trailer that they showed at Ubisoft kind of gave a little bit more actual like gameplay yeah that i was into yeah um, uh division two seems like they could really i think division one i didn't play it but it mm. seemed like there were some cool ideas there that they did not um fully get to but they built the systems yeah. that like with a sequel they can elaborate on and, and it had and a flesh big out. uh post-game problem as well where a but, lot of people did not like that that there was no post-game we'll talk about this more in the ubisoft but yeah they stuck by it they didn't just abandon it Mm-hmm. Um, but they are going to do Division 2. Is that a this year game or ne- is that another game? I think February that is game? a this year game. I think Division 2 is 2018. Okay. Um, I think. Maybe we might want to look at it. Sure. Up. It might be. If it's not this year, <laughs> it's, it's first quarter next year. Yeah. Um, we, so we shall see. If they can, you know, 
a introduce a little more color a little bit more like it was kind of interesting that they opened up in that forest because they had yeah. talked about already it's set in dc mm-hmm. so it was like i don't know what is this forest in dc but it's uh it was like a national park kind of thing yeah um it looks cool it looks cool it looks cool and it, I'm it, into again it. like destiny 2 is dropping the ball so you've got all these games coming in that are just like we're gonna do what destiny 2 don't mm-hmm. it's a good strategy to have uh then they talk about game pass for a little bit um they announced that it loads faster right uh yeah they're doing like a a cloud learning thing that is basically gonna be you know when you install a game now and there's like a ready to play kind of thing but it never really works right i think what they're trying to say is that it will work it will work now i mean uh, whatever yeah it's cool i mean game pass is cool no matter what uh they have a cool if and if they you know there are like a hundred something games on game pass if you can start installing a game on Game Pass, get like two or three gigs in, jump in and play it and be like, mm, this is not for me and stop sure. the download. You know, download caps are a real thing that people are, it's a real concern now. And I mean, we live in a place where high speed internet is pretty readily Accessible. available, yeah. but there are large swaths of the country and then other countries that don't have that luxury. So could be really cool in that yeah. way. Sure. Um, then they have a uh, ID. At Xbox uh, kind of montage. I didn't really write too much down, but a lot of really cool indie games on the horizon. Uh, you know, Xbox was kind of like the the forefront of uh, independent developers on a box. It's cool to see them kind of pay homage to them. Yep. Um, always like it's always like seeing all of the all of the publishers really take care of their indie developers. They showed that trippy one from last year that they had the announcement trailer for. That I can't remember what it was called. I don't remember but... either. They showed some cool. There was some cool stuff in that ID. I they, thought so. They oh, ended with uh, Dead Souls in there. Dead they Souls showed. Cool. They showed below. Below still exists. Below still exists. I yeah. I saw that too. Oh. And I was just like, that game's not out. I, the, my biggest hope was that they would shadow drop below during the press conference, but they did yeah, not. I was right for it. Just come on, man. Um, then they show some Shadow of the Tomb Raider coming out September. Uh, I don't think this one is where they show too much gameplay. I think they show a lot, but at Square Enix, it was a trailer. Yeah. It was like a story. Trailer this is a, this, this is another game where we're gonna get more to when we talk about Square Enix. But like, God, don't show any more of this game. You already showed yeah, too much. You already out. showed. Just get it. Just get it out there. I did hear some pretty interesting um, behind closed doors uh, impressions of that game where. My concern with this game was that it's going to be too samey to the first two Tomb Raider games, which it I think lo- are very it, good games. It and they, looks very similar to what I'm playing right now. They were disc- and they did not pitch this on stage, but in the behind closed doors demo, they sort of took an approach to this Tomb Raider of a self-reflective, sort of self-critical take on the concept of tomb raiding in general. Like they showed in this trailer, like. Lara Croft fucks up mm-hmm. and she fucks up and basically brings upon this town, like the mythical apocalypse. Like yeah. she takes an artifact, she does it wrong and it, it, it basically a flood comes and levels a town. And the whole idea is this like self-critical lens of the idea of cultural appropriation and colonialism and like the, the white protagonist like coming into a sp- uh, a culture and just taking something taking like the belongs it belongs in a museum concept yeah. of like the indiana jones like 
Maybe that's kind of a negative thing. It belongs where it was, where it was originally. It belongs to the culture that it's from. Like, and that's kind of, that would be interesting if they actually paid off on that kind of idea. That sounds very heady for Tomb Raider, but I, I really like that narrative. Yeah. I really think that's cool. Narrative conceit. I really hope that they actually like deliver on that and they follow, they like Mm. follow through. In terms of mechanics though, the game looks it's gonna like be another the game. one of those things, yeah. and hopefully they flesh it out in some ways. Like the, it looks what they cool. did show at Square Enix, like mm-hmm. we can talk about it now because we don't have much else to talk about at Square Enix. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it seems like they're going even more Batman-y with it, yeah, more so than the the second one, which even, I'm cool with. Which you know, like, uh, yeah, sure. I'll climb, I'll climb in trees and shoot people with arrows. I don't give a fuck. Um, so moving on from Tomb Raider. <laughs> uh, session a skateboard game oh uh, this was so fucked up I don't I mean it just to me I was just like alright that's what it is no cause when I was watching I was like <gasps> skate is this skate and it's not skate. is this skate I mean it's kind of skate it's it's. I mean the logo for session it's, it's like skate's logo they put a period at the end like they're look. they're looking at you and winking they like, want you to be like this skate. it looked like a skate game had a soundtrack like a skate game up until they put the session logo up there it looked like skate so if you're out there and you're like me and you wish there was a skate for this might be for you this might do it but it is a new developer it's like a new team okay. so like they don't have a track record as far as i know so i don't know how this game will it come might be together good. we don't get a lot of there's a while we were inundated with a lot of these kind of games and right now that is not the case i don't so think there's EA is going to do escape four so like right now this is all we got um moving on from session uh black desert it's a mmo rpg yeah it's a japanese mmo looks looks cool uh then they showed devil may cry 5 and that's a big deal is that a xbox exclusive now no that's gonna be multi-platform, yeah, right? It'll be okay. multi-platform. Um, it looks cool. Yep. It looks cool enough where I'm like kinda of scratching my chin, like, yeah, maybe I could fuck with that. I could play that game. Robo arm. I'm a little bummed personally because I really liked Ninja Theory's DMC mm-hmm. and they're going back to the Japanese developed like Devil May Cry five proper. Oh, and but you have an unpopular opinion in that way, right? Yeah. Most people kind of like the flip of that. Because I didn't really play the original series of DMC very much. Yeah. Um, I've tried, but like I just kind of bounced off them. Like I, I played a little bit of DM Devil May Cry Four, but yeah. bounced off the like very anime kind of narrative. Those games are not there. normally for me. This one looks different enough where I might might give it a shot. Like the story structurally is kind of impenetrable with those earlier. Devil May Cry games, but what I will say about Devil May Cry Five is it looks like they took a little bit of the DNA from DMC and put it back into Devil May Cry Five, like okay. the number Devil May Cry sequels. So I'm bummed this isn't DMC Two, but like you said, I'm kind of the unpopular opinion here. Yeah, I guess they're doing uh, a right move for the majority in that way, but we'll see. We'll see what this game ends up looking like. Uh, Cuphead DLC. If you're into Cuphead, yeah, Cuphead is a good, sick. good reason Cuphead. to jump back in. Yes, of course. Uh, Tunic, which is a very top-down Zelda-looking game, but with a fox character. Zelda like a fox. Zelda like a fox. Um, that game actually looks stunningly beautiful. Yeah, it looks really cool. And I also like how, uh, different from top-down Zelda games, the combat seems very kinetic and very very big, and uh, it seems like a really cool game that I would, I would want on my Switch. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they announced it for Switch, did they? I think that's an exclusive. 
I think that's exclusive. Uh, moving on from there, uh, Jump Force, which is this weird anime mashup game. Yeah, so it's... I don't um, understand. It's Shonen Jump is the, like, blanket... <clears throat> I think it was a magazine that all of the manga, like, Naruto and One Piece and Dragon Ball they come all kind from. Of come from. So there have been, like, a few Shonen Jump crossover games in the past. Um, yeah. And this seems like... This seems like the, um, oh, I forget what kind of games they're called, but they're like, they're third person behind the back action games. Um, there's a specific style. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on what it's called, but there are a lot of like Japanese games like I this. I feel like I probably played something like that. Yeah. I mean, like the, Dirge the, of Cerberus is kind of like a game like Kind that. of. Yeah yeah. 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 And they did that, that new, um, Final Fantasy game that came out last year. Um, I'm I'm blanking on that one too, but um, it's yeah. This is that kind of game. If you're into that kind of game, you know exactly what it is. So you're you're into it. You're not. But yeah, it's it's Jump Force because it's Shonen Jump, and it's all those like anime games like crossing over. Like you're fighting, and it was funny watching this trailer because I was like, that looks like Frieza's ship. Is that Frieza's ship? And then they they show Frieza. Yeah, Uh, game looks pretty. Well, they showed Goku first, and then yeah, then they showed Frieza, but um. I don't know how I feel about it, like looking very much like a real city, like not very anime city. Like it looks like anime characters in like well, a. Well, after realistic... kind of seeing the Dragon Ball Fighter Z art style, it's kind of like maybe you guys should just it do anime games like that. Yeah, I don't know, but you can make it look like the cartoon. This so, game will find an audience. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Dying Light Two. They showed next. Yeah, um, Dying Light Two looks sick. I just replayed Dying you Light love again. Dying Light. I really. I don't know if I love Dying Light. I really like Dying Light, and okay. I and for me, that's my Zen game. You've played it like three times. I've literally played it three times. I really like it. It really relaxes me. I love just parkouring around. Um, the story sucks in the first one, and uh, now it feels a little dated. So I'm very excited for Dying Light Two. Um, very much player choice. Cool. Is kind of the, the main thing they're talking about, how your choices affect the city in really impactful ways. Like, literally, like, there's a mission where you, you know, make it so one faction gets control of the water supply for the city. The city will actually morph and change to, you know, what that decision is. Um, to me, that's not really something the Dying Light was missing. Um, but hey, that's cool. Just make sure the parkour is still good and I can make funny weapons. Yeah, and it, then looked, I'm in. it looked pretty. It looks pretty and it... And it the things I like about it are still there, so there you go. Cool. Uh, then they announced Battletoads. And they showed a logo and they, nothing else. Yeah, but that's better than just sitting in the audience and asking some guy when the game's coming out. I agree. Uh, just Cause 4, Walmart was right. Hashtag Walmart was right. Yep. Um, looks cool. Looks like yeah. Just Cause. I, I hope they... Um, it needs they, to run good. That's they, sh- the they showed this game a few times, and I don't know if the tone feels right. Like... Just Cause should feel silly and bombastic and explosive, and it feels a little like they're going kind of grimdark with it, which it I think is the wrong direction. It seems more serious than an Uncharted game, and that's wrong. But Avalanche has three games announced right now. They have well, Rage 2. Two, two and a half, kind of. Because they're half developing Rage 2. Sure. Because it's them and, it's, and uh, Id. N- no, it's... Or it's who's, who's make, who makes... Uh, uh, no, it is it. Is it right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's Rage Two, Just Cause Four, and the third one is called Generation Zero. 
don't know what that is. That's the um, <clears throat> the one that people started talking about because they put out that first trailer right before E3. Mm-hmm. I think they showed the trailer during Sony, actually. But um, it's like takes place in the 90s and it's like a first person co-op shooter and there are big robot enemies. Okay. And it takes place in sweet like 90s Sweden. But um, it people like when they first announced it, um, people were really getting on the case of this game because it looked like a straight up bite of um, Simon Stahlberg, who is a Swedish artist who does like kind of post like dystopian kind of renditions of Sweden Swedish landscapes with like dilapidated large robots. Okay. If you haven't seen any of this, I'll show I you. Feel like I, I feel like you I feel like I have, seen, have seen, seen some of this, and they're, like, and they're cool. Yeah. They're really cool. Like there's one with like a giant, like it looks like a rubber duck kind of robot. I've, that's seen, like I've seen down. these. You've yeah. seen that, right? They're cool. Yeah. yeah. They're sick. When you put that imagery up against that game, it's is like, it like? Oh no! They oh, bit so that so hard, and it it's was like too samey. When they announced this game, and especially since it takes place in Sweden, and he's a Swedish artist. uh people were like oh shit is this like is simon salber like work i think i'm saying his name right forgive me if i'm saying his name wrong um oh shit is he working on this game and then he got on twitter and said like this is the first i'm seeing of this so it's real bad look Eh, there's it's, a fine line between homage and ripping and off in a bite and yeah. this kind of feels like a straight bite it seems like the game could be cool but being that it's like a watered down version of that guy's art style it's and they're not, they, not they did not get his permission to use it, it's like uh oh. Well, that's not cool. But uh Gears five is cool. Gears five does look cool. Uh so I, you didn't play Gears Four. I like Gears Four. I will probably play Gears Four because that's another Game Pass um, game. So Gears Four so my here's my thing about the Gears War games. I think the campaigns have always been like pretty cool. I'm so bad at the multiplayer; it's embarrassing. Like I okay. am, um, but I am unbelievably bad at the multiplayer because yeah. I think the skill cap for that game is pretty high. The only Gears game that I played to completion and played any sort of significant amount of multiplayer was the first. Yeah, which I liked a lot. First one's cool. Um, but uh, I I didn't really get too much into two or three. Um, this game is focused on the. Female protagonist you meet in the fourth game. Uh, she seems to kind of like be having an indoctrination effect from the um, what well, the you, enemy there, aliens there, are. There is a twist at the end of four that they're not specifically saying. I think in the trailer for five, but like she is connected, let's say, to the yeah, alien to the, the locust to the locust, right? Um, um, but the game looks really cool. There's a lot of like new mechanics in the single player that I have not seen in other Gears of War games, like melee weapons, things like that, and I fuck with all that. I, I, something that keeps coming up, a theme that keeps reoccurring here, is that sequels are introducing a lot more color. Like we're yeah. finally getting to the point where developers are realizing that like browns and grays will only get you so far. And Gears like, 4 fixed that problem a little bit too. There's like a part where you go to like this robot city. Yeah. And uh, the robot enemies are so fun to fight because you can kind of like blow them off piece by piece. Yeah. And the whole factory. What are you doing with those robots? You're blowing them off. Careful, dude. Hey. 
Is this a PG show or PG? Oh, oh uh, you blow off some some buds and uh it's really cool. There's a it's lot more, more about colors. Here. It's just blown off We're your buds. We're just trying to blow off your buds. Yeah. Um but this game also looks really colorful, like uh when you're sailing on the ice barge area, that looked fucking sick. Um, I think I'm gonna play Gears 4. You should uh for the horde mode and the campaign, it's worth it. Alright. Cool. There's some really cool set pieces in that game. Um, and I'm excited that they have shifted from uh, the the Phoenix family to this this female protagonist. I think that's really cool. I wonder actually if so. I have like I said, I like I've said like ten times now. I have Game Pass. What? I have an Xbox One and I have a PC. I wonder if the two of us could play Gears Four co-op. Is it one account? Me being in my room on and my PC on and you being on the Xbox. Is it one account that's like linked? Because um, then I don't know. There is a second Xbox Live account on my... We should then, try that after maybe, this. Maybe. Actually, I don't have it installed. We should try that another time. Another that time. might be fun. I'm not even sure if we have time to play Fortnite tonight because I have to wake up early. Yeah. We, all we shall do. see. We all do. Um, And then after that, the conference is over. But wait! One more thing. One more thing. We Cyberpunk talked about this. 77. And this was a pretty good one more thing. Uh, the whole stage like had like a, you know, a simulated like... There's a corny, glitch in the system. It was a little corny, but I, it was fun. I liked it, it was fun. I they liked it because to do uh, this kind of, it's a st- it's, show. It's fun. It's fun. It's a stage show. It uh Cyberpunk 77 2077. 2077 looks fucking sick. I don't think that trailer is CG. I think that trailer is just Well, they said at the, the game. Top, the beginning of the trailer says in-game like footage. in-game footage. Uh, or in-engine footage. And then everything we've heard about the game from the press behind closed doors has only been like a thousand thumbs up. So I I don't have too much more to say about that game other than yes. So yes, I said in the pre-show this is the kind of game, or this is this was one of the, my most anticipated games. Yeah, I liked the trailer, but it did not. I I need to see that game in motion to really really get excited. Mm-hmm. But they they showed this game to a lot of press behind closed doors. I have read some previews. I've listened to some talk about this game and they're saying all the right things and yeah. the press is very excited about this game. Um we did not get invited to E3 this year. We're not just this year. starting off not this year. But this time next year when we have a very very successful video game podcast, they'll ask us and we get our E3 press badges and we can go to the show, you know, Maybe we'll get to see Cyberpunk there mm-hmm. by next year. Hopefully, they have a hands-on because I could see this being an end of twenty nineteen game. Maybe, I hope. Ooh. But I do. We this, shall they, see. Let me put it this way: they have put up pre-orders for Xbox One and PS Four, so I That's think this sign. is a this generation game. Yeah. Uh, probably your best bet is to play it on PC. But yeah, it's, a, it's the same with The Witcher Three. I mean, you the want Witcher to play 3, it on your best. On PC. You're better off playing it on PC. But um, what I think is that they had this demo for the press behind closed door doors, and they did a similar kind of thing with The Witcher Three when they started showing that to the press. I think within a couple weeks they'll probably release a video online for the public. Mm-hmm. That you can watch them do like a guided walkthrough of what they were showing to the press. So yeah, I'm patiently awaiting to see this game in motion because from everything that the press has described, it sounds Very exactly good. what I want it to be. 
I I'm very excited. I think that this is one of the best moments of E3, even though uh, we called it on our podcast, and I think a lot of people kind of assumed that CD Projekt Red was going to be here this year. Uh, I think it was very cool that Microsoft got it, uh, got the reveal, and yep. I just think it looks just it has the right attitude, the right vibe. It looks so much more. I in my <clears throat> head, I have been picturing, and because they announced Cyberpunk many years ago, like at this point, probably at least three years ago they announced it um so it's been been in the cooker for a while yeah um i very much have thought about this game with the blade runner aesthetic in mind like very dark a lot of neon yeah wet pavement like constantly raining that's here but it's just more color like that's there this trail i I think that will be there but this trailer was all like bright Middle of the day, mm-hmm. bright colors. I just love like the character design and everything. Like I'm just, I'm so in yeah. on this game. It looks it's, so good. I think this is gonna be a big one. I mean, The Witcher Three is one of the most stunning RPGs ever made. Yeah, it is so ambitious for a relatively small team over at CD Projekt Red, but they are incredibly talented designers, mm-hmm. and I have all the faith that that cyberpunk will deliver on a very 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 like they they just make next level stuff yeah and i think they're gonna pull it off of cyberpunk i can't wait to see what it actually looks like in in motion story screens uh we're sold on Cyberpunk 2077 buy that shit so after that then it's allegedly bethesda Um, it is trust me uh show opens up with 10 minutes of Andrew W.K. This is not an exaggeration. I mean, if you're listening to this, you already know. 10 minutes of Andrew W.K. Andrew W.K. on raging stage with a full band screaming into a microphone over and over again. You better get ready to die. You better get ready to die. And everybody in the... Like, no one the is, cut, like, psyched. The cut to to the audience is so funny in that video. Because it's he, so funny to so the audience members. One of the guys, I remember one of them, he's like nodding his head like, okay, like, uh-huh. I'm a, I, I like Andrew. Can yeah. we see Fallout now? Please. Please let me see some video uh, games. Like, this Andrew was, WK is one of those people, if he's got everybody jazzed and everybody's excited and partying, the best kind of thing. When Andrew WK is doing his thing and everybody in the crowd is just kind of like crickets yeah it's so, so sad good. it's not it's so, so good. sad uh this is the e3 of strange musical performances and this is our, yeah. our first big one definitely uh so after andrew wk gets ready to die uh we talk about rage 2 coming out spring 2019 we'll see if it holds that date i think it probably will probably will uh get an extended look so we got we got a trailer a few weeks ago this is part of the big uh walmart leak that happened and the kind of extended look at the game looks fucking cool. Yeah. Cool powers, cool guns. Uh, it seems very chaotic. Seems like, you know, it's like your typical one of those games where one of those Bethesda shooters where you're uh, running and gunning. You know, it's not really a cover based shooter. You're kind of getting people's grills and fucking with them, you know. Um, you yeah. Your cool boomerang. It's it's uh, it looks like it's going to combine the really tight corridor shooting of an id game with the kind of zany open world and also car combat aspect of avalanche yeah so that sounds pretty cool to me i'm i'm into it yeah i'm cool with that i don't think this is the best presentation of that game because 
It, it was some know. gameplay, but it was cut in a yeah, weird way. I almost feel like they don't know what to show. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got. I think there's a lot going on in this game. It, it felt a little rushed, gonna... like the gameplay yeah. presentation, where it's like the sort of the in the interest of time kind of thing. Yeah. But they jumped around a lot in a way that was a little bit hard to follow. I don't know if I would have wanted necessarily like someone on stage holding a controller for this one or for them to focus on the car stuff too. I'm not really sure what I want out of the presentation for that game. What we got was fine. I'm excited. I'm I'm into it because I think that no, game will be fun. I think it's cool. Uh, hopefully, Borderlands doesn't come out anytime soon, which it wasn't announced this year. They didn't so. talk. They did not. Borderlands Three was one of the games that I very much. I was, really thought this was gonna happen. I was on the fence. I wasn't sure, but I yeah. I felt like there was a there was at least there was like a 50-50 chance that they show Borderlands Three. Yeah. And I guess they're gonna keep it in the cooker for a little bit longer. Borderlands Three exists. They're making Borderlands out. Three. All right, that game's coming out for sure. Um, I still think. Splinter Cell exists. I think so too. But there were a few. I mean, I think. I think that Star Fox Diddy Kong Racing game exists. Probably. I think that game's real as fuck. Um, but this was an E3 where it felt like publishers were saving the things that might be further off. Yeah. Which is a choice. We've talked a lot about, you know, if you, if you ain't ready to announce something, don't do it. You know? Yeah. That's fine with me. Yep. So. Then they talk about Elder Scrolls Legends, which is their uh, card, card game. game. Yeah, um, that guy was ready to play with you online. He wants that to be night. your friend. He wants to be your friend. Please log on and play with me. There's no one else playing, so please, if you could log just, on, please I'm, just do this. I'm ready. I'm here for you. Um, this is coming out on all platforms, including Switch. I might give it a shot because I'm a big Hearthstone. Or I was a big Hearthstone player. It's so wild. Maybe I'll to give me, this a chance. It's wild to me that Blizzard has not put Hearthstone on Switch. It's actually insane. Especially now that we're getting like Fortnite and Paladins on Switch too. It's like, yeah. guys, come on. Like, just fucking do it. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. I don't know. The, the thing is, there wasn't like a ton of third party love for Switch. Not, not as much as I would have wanted. Not at Bethesda. No. Especially since last year they showed Skyrim on Switch. Skyrim, Wolfenstein 2, yeah. Doom. Like, yeah. it, it. I really thought Prey was going to come out on Switch. Oh, that would be interesting. And maybe it's still good. Uh, then they talk about ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, expansion DLC pack. Uh, cool for you guys if you're into that. People, a lot. They announced that they have a lot of congruent players. They said over 10 million players. I don't know if that's like simultaneous, yeah. like concurrent players, but that's a big. That's like World that's of Warcraft. That's encroaching on World of Warcraft numbers. Uh, for a game that's not World of Warcraft, which is really impressive. For ESO a, looks for cool. A it's a lot of game, too much for me, but every time I see people play that, I'm like, huh, that's, well, they, that's a cool game. They also announced that they put ESO on Game Pass. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that number's about to jump up. We get a CGI trailer for Doom Eternal. They said that they're going to talk more details in August at QuakeCon. Yeah. Um, cool twice trailer. as many demons. That's Hell cool on Earth. Me. That felt weird. That felt like old video games where they're like, we have twice as many guns and twice as many levels and twice yeah. as many well, things. Like, it's like, okay. okay. What was the one game where they're like, it's, they do this for a lot of open world games. They're like, it's 2.5 thousand times bigger than Oh no, last. it's, uh, it's uh, Fallout 76 is four times bigger than Fallout, than Fallout 4. 4. It's just like, what does that even mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Like num- Digits ain't doing it for me. Yeah, give me more. Make it the same size, but I can go on more buildings. But I will shit. play a sequel to Doom. Oh yeah, Doom is fucking sick. Yeah. And, and this Doom is Eternal. another another instance. 
eternal another yeah kind of like infinity or infinite uh another thing that makes me think like is this doom as a service what does that look like no i think this is just doom 2 but they don't want to call it doom 2 i'm fine with that uh i would i would much rather prefer like give me a doom game that has a strong narrative it has a really sick roguelike mode at the end of it i'm done yeah or like elaborate on those um map creation tools that they put snap map they put in the first one as an ambitious thing that didn't get totally capitalized it's true uh, they talk about Quake Champions. It's adding some new heroes. Wow, uh, they still talk, they're still talking about Quake Champions. I guess trial. it's not, I guess it's people, not technically I think people out yet. Play it. I don't know. I Is don't, it not? I thought it's been out. It's been available for a long time, but I don't know if it's like released. The early access strategy for games, I don't totally understand. I think what it is, is it, it the intention is for it to be free to play. You can buy into it now. But when it releases, it will be free to play. Yeah. I think I got it in a Humble Bundle. So I have it. Yeah. Is that something you're going to be into? I haven't played it. So. That's kind of my MO anyway. But that, You are known for that. You have all the games. I just like to have them. I don't really have time <laughs> to play them safe. all. But I like to have them. I went crazy and I will. Because PlayStation Plus was having that wild sale. Yep. So in one week, I got... Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Assassin's Creed Origins, Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh-huh. Dragon Age Inquisition. I don't know when I'm going to find time to play Why that game. Why did you buy... Dra- I've it's offered ten- you my copy of Dragon Age Inquisition. You have it on PS4? Many times. Well, it's $10. It's all DLC. I guess I don't have the DLC. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, which I did try and play, and that game sucks. Really? That game sucks. Alright. Because I, I love Titanfall 2. And yep. this is a poor man's Titanfall 2, let me tell you. <laughs> hey, uh, so back back to Bethesda. Uh, after Quake Champions, they talk about the Prey DLC, which actually like looked really cool. Uh, it's yeah. called Moon Crash, which is like a roguelike mode. It's a, I think it's a roguelike survival mode. Um, uh-huh. A lot more guns in that game than I thought. I thought it was more like you turn into like the closet or something. I think it's out. I think <clears> they just <throat> dropped it. I think you might be right too. Yeah. Uh, new game plus and multiplayer, and I think they're doing a VR experience for the game as well. So Prey actually got like a lot more love than I would have anticipated. I saw a few reactions that were bummed that this was not like a Death of the Outsider outsider style standalone no, no release, narrative like big then. DLC kind of thing, and yeah. it's just a roguelike. Um, I guess time will tell once people start playing it. I, mean, I didn't play Prey. Yeah, I hear Prey. Well, Prey had a rough start and then got a lot better, I think. Yeah, and I think it was like rougher Prey, on really console like than it was on PC. But um, oh, okay. I just it's one of those games like those kind of immersive sim games. I just don't have the time to invest unless I really, really want to play them. Like, That's how I feel. Cyberpunk, too. I will set apart the time to play that. Yes. But for Prey, like... I just don't. I'm yeah. not as into that kind of game. It's not. It's not part of like the zeitgeist necessarily. Like Deus Ex. You played Deus Ex: Human Revolution, right? Yeah, that's another one. Deus Ex is probably more linear than Prey is, though. At least the newest one is. Um, but Deus Ex still, it's like rough. I waste a lot of time. It's that rougher. Game. Rougher. It's really rough on. That's the another game that I own huh. that I have not played. It's uh, it's very okay. Um. After that, something very exciting: uh, an expansion or DLC campaign for Wolfenstein Two called Youngblood. Yeah, it's a co-op experience where it takes place in I think '80s France, uh, still under Nazi control, and you play as B.J. Baskowitz, uh, his twin daughters. So, and you got the cool robot suits. Um, 
there are a couple of things about this. This is like a Death of the Outsider style standalone yes. DLC release. So that's cool. Yep. I like Wolfenstein 2 very much. That's a game I own and I played. So that's yes. cool. Um, but setting this game in the 80s is weird. weird. Because does that mean that they... Does that? It's weird for a number of reasons. Like, what does this mean for Wolfenstein 3? They're making a Wolfenstein... Well, Wolfenstein 3. Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein. A Wolfenstein. Maybe, maybe Wolfenstein 3 takes place, like, way later? Or... Didn't you know, seem like it would after Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 2. likes to play, especially this, like, Machine Head Games uh, Wolfenstein series. They like to play with diverging timelines. Yeah, so this might not be a canonical timeline, so to speak. I, I don't know, because the end of Wolfenstein 2 feels very much like the third one is going to pick up right away. Because where they leave off Wolfenstein 2, it's like, let's go. Yeah, we're right? doing it. We're doing the damn thing. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fucking kill some Nazis now yeah. in a big way. Um, Wolfenstein Two is definitely like the dark middle chapter, and it seems like they're leading into three being the like, all right, time to kick some ass now. Yeah, time to like bring it back to the Nazis. I think that's not really a spoiler to say like that the third one seems like you're gonna take it to the Nazis and yeah. fight Mecha Hitler and kill his ass. And it's gonna be sick. And it's gonna be cool. Yeah. And to <clears throat> set this. DLC in the 80s is like... Well, if it's still under Nazi regime, what does that mean right, for... Right, because I think yeah. Wolfenstein 2 is like 1962-ish. And those babies are about to pop out of his wife's belly. Yeah, yeah. and these are his his like adult twin daughters. At least 18 to like 20. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's kind of weird that they would set this so far apart. But I think what could be one potential if they do want to go with like the third ser- the third game in the Wolfenstein series being like taking place right after two, this is just like an alternate future kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what we get when we get it. Um, I'm excited for more Wolfenstein. I love Wolfenstein too. Especially a co-op. Yeah. We can just like, like that jam sounds, on that. That sounds, that sounds, that like sounds a right. really good time. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and then we get the big Fallout seventy six yep. kind of expose. Fallout seventy six is like a, a all online Fallout world, shared universe, all those buzzwords. No NPCs. No NPCs. It's just you and, and the you other people and the mutants and um, and also the radioactive um, humans and the nuclear warheads that could blow at any second. I guess. That bit didn't really play, but I was trying to say the mutants are the other human beings that you play with online. And the, mm. uh, didn't really work out, but that's what I was mm. going for. But you're supposed to play this. This is, they said, they're saying this is a open world multiplayer survival game in the way like a Rust or an Ark right. or something like that. But they. Buildings back. Um, they did. So Fallout 76, they've been talking about for a couple weeks now. They've been teasing it. Yeah. I think they have done a pretty bad job up until this point at messaging what that game is because they've put out Fallout 76 and people have looked at it and said like, a new Fallout game, like it's Fallout 5. Right. It is not Fallout 5. No. Um, And Jason Schreier over at Kotaku was pretty quick to jump on the... He said first, like he's he's like, this is an online game. This is an online survival game. Um, and it's not going to be like your 
proper yeah. Fallout sequel. It's kind of like a, sorry to disappoint you, but... And I think they did a disservice to themselves in the run-up to E3 by teasing Fallout and letting people see that there's a new fallout and not immediately explaining like this is a different thing than what they might expect because i think they're gonna have at least some pre-orders from people who are like do not pay the same close attention that we do they're like oh sweet a new fallout game and then when it comes out they're like wait a second i can't play this like this is an online only game it's uh it's potentially problematic other than that though what they did show looked really cool i've never played a follow game this might be the one i I jump into all that said yeah the pitch that they made for this game fucking cool once they actually started openly talking about what this game is sounds pretty sweet yeah i uh i never you know i'm familiar with fallout i never played it i i don't i never thought a game like this would come out of like that franchise but i'm i'm on board I mean, I it's, it's cool, cool. and the, like the narrative conceit is cool because it's it a is, prequel story, right? Well, it's this is the whole idea with Fallout is there was a nuclear a, a holocaust. Basically, mm. everyone died, but a subset of the population went into these vaults and survived in the vaults, and then they came out and repopulated everything. And the Fallout games that are out there narratively take place hundreds of years after the, the bombs have dropped yeah. um so in most cases you are like somebody who thought out like way later than everybody else did so society is already kind of rebuilt mm-hmm. in a way um in a post-apocalyptic sort of fashion this is you are the first person to come out of the vault so that's why there are no npcs in the world it's because just you and the other you were the first people. person to like blossom out of this vault and you and the other online players are the ones that are building the new society that that is like kind of the foundation of the societies you see yeah. in like Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. So it's really cool that they're saying like there's no other NPCs because there's no other people in the world because you're the first ones to come out of the, ba- the yeah. vaults and start repopulating the earth. That's a skunk. Woof. I didn't, well, I didn't stinky, do that. That's a stinky that wasn't skunk. me. That hey, wasn't me. Sorry. Don't blame it on the skunk. Um, Game looks really cool. Game looks very, very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it sounds cool to have like a big open world co-op Fallout in the way that, you know, before Elder Scrolls Online came out, what was the dream? It was always like, oh, what if they did like a co-op Skyrim or a co-op right. Oblivion? This feels more like this is the co-op Fallout. This is not like a yeah. MMO style Fallout. This is like... You're playing Fallout, and honestly, the gunplay looks better than three or four. Really. I mean, I think it has to be if you're going this route with it, because you can't have all these people doing the, um, like the freeze game and like identify well, the parts to shoot. Yeah, the VAT system is yeah. like a uh, turn-based system within a live game, so you can't do that obviously in a multiplayer, if a multiplayer game. setting. Right. So I, it could be cool, and yeah. and they said they said explicitly that um, it is like a. <laughs> Todd Howard, who had his like tight comedy, five, comedy, like, routine, comedy routine, down. He did like an E3 bit on like E3 growing up and yeah. being in its outlets. That was okay. It was it fine. was fine. It was fine. It, e3, Todd, it's, it's all video game nerds. It's Todd, just corny. It it is on the corniness of E3 scale. It was moderate. Like Todd Howard is yeah, all right. That's he seems way, okay. That's a good way to phrase it. You know. Yeah. Um. So I. I 
it sounds he made a good pitch for this. Yeah. And it comes out this year. So that's cool. That is cool. Be able to play by the end kind of the year. Kind of the same way they released Fallout 4, where they're just like, hey, it's coming out this year. Yes. It's I like just that. Kind of dropping it. I think it's great. I like that. I think it's great too. So after Fallout 76, um, they announced Elder Scroll Blades, which is a uh, mobile Elder Scrolls game. It's a roguelike. Um, it's not for me. I don't know if it's for you. I my phone can't run this game, so yeah, it looks it looks very pretty for a phone game. I have an and old ass Android phone. This might so. this might sound stupid, but the fact that you can play it in like uh, not sideways mode mm-hmm. or profile mode, I think I'm like I that's kind of cool. It was funny to me that he was like, you know, um. It's sometimes you just don't want to be on your phone on the on the horizontal mode. Like if you're in a meeting and they like showed a picture of somebody in a meeting, <laughs> and they're just like, he's that. like, so we we made it playable in portrait mode, so you can sit it, you know, yeah. sit there and and not look like you're playing a a, fo- a game on your phone, but like you still look like you're just sitting on your phone in a meeting, so tapping in very <laughs> you're intensely, like, staring you're still at just it. like staring at your phone in a meeting. Yeah. Also, not a great look, but I mean, yeah, it was um, fine. The, he, it was Todd Howard's presentation all the way through Fallout 76 into Blades and then what happens next. Right. Felt like someone who knows how to talk to their audience. Whether it's corny yeah. or not, it felt self-aware in a way. It's refreshing. Like they it's did genuine they did the the, case, the, yeah. the Skyrim on Alexa bit with Key. Key from uh, Key, Mike and Key, which was which, which was really good. Which was f- genuinely funny. I think so. Um, and that is a real thing. Yeah, that's the funniest part. It's is that they're like, no, but it actually is. No, but Alexa. seriously, it's real. Like it is. Which on that. like they've kind of looped all the way back around. Which with that is Dungeons and Dragons. True. That is like essentially what it is. Essentially, how you play Dungeons or and like, Dragons. You know, one of those original like MDOS like uh, dungeon crawler games where yeah. it's just like there is a thing, yes or no. I'm torn right now. Um, between kind of wanting to play that game for a laugh and never wanting to plug my Alexa back in. It sounds really hard. Um, sounds like a really hard thing I'm you have to do. I'm leaning with. towards the not plugging my Echo back yeah. in because that shit is... It was neat for a couple days and then I realized like, A, I'm never going to actually use this thing for anything. Yeah. And B, it's listening to me all the time. So it's it Freaked has remained unplugged. I su- I'm surprised that Burge has one of those because he's the guy who puts the tape on the laptop camera. Yeah. So it's weird that he has one of those. Uh huh. He also should throw his iPhone in the in the ocean. Well, I mean, if you're a quiet masturbator, then you don't have to worry about that. Oh, he must be. He strikes me as a quiet masturbator. Yeah, I've always thought that about yeah. him. Moving on from Elder Scroll Blades, uh, then we get two kind of like. And here's some things about the future. This is the, oh, one more thing. Yeah, this is the, oh, one more thing. Kind of broken into two parts. But these are, uh, I'm going to say, for all intents and purposes, next-gen titles. I think they're far away. Um, These are the big next Bethesda projects. Yes. Because Fallout 76 is co-developed between Bethesda Studios and what used to be Battlecry Studios, Mm -hmm. which was doing that Battlecry, like, 
hero um, shooter it was more of a hero melee thing but it was like in that vein like we talked about like post overwatch or like as overwatch was coming out all these companies rushed to do this like hero arena kind of game and they got crushed and then that quickly quickly fell to the battle royale game yeah i think paladins is the only like kind of survivor from that fray yeah and i want to give it a shot it looks cool um you you want to give it a shot because it's "Quote unquote free to play." Well, it's on not. Switch, no, it's not free to play. But it costs thirty dollars. Yeah. Um. So I will not give it a shot for now. Uh. So they announced this game, Starfield. It's next gen. It looks like a Bethesda game. In it's, the vein, it's of, probably next gen. I don't think they said explicitly. No, they said they didn't say explicitly for Elder Scrolls Six. They did say explicitly for Starfield. I'm well, pretty sure Elder Scrolls Six is coming out after starfield so that would mean they're both, both gonna next be gen. next gen yeah uh so starfield looks like a uh you know if they can kind of do elder scrolls in space gimme gimme sure. gimme 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 sure. gimme 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 yeah and then elder scrolls 6 and that game looks cool they didn't really they didn't say much they didn't say anything about these games other than they exist yeah but it was cool for them, and we talked about this already, to yep. have the... Oh, by the way, one more thing. Yeah. Which turned out to be two more things. And just them openly saying, these things exist. We're working on these things. They're real. Because everything leaks now, all the time. People have been talking about Starfield for a long time. Mm. It's been rumored for a long time. So Bethesda just getting out in front of it and saying, like, here you go. This exists. Here's like a really short teaser trailer for both of these games. We're obviously working on Elder Scrolls 6. You'll be able to play it someday. Yeah. But now you know for sure it's real. It's wild to me. EA EA didn't just do this with their Star Wars game. It's crazy. It is crazy. And like the thing is, I I do think that Bethesda, by announcing those two titles, it it got me hyped up. I'm like, yeah, I want to play those. You get a lot of excitement out of a very little cost. It's the same thing with Metro Prime 4. I wasn't even upset that they didn't show it this year. I'm like, yeah, it's coming. I am. I disagree with you. You We'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's Uh, burn through Square Enix really quick because this was only a 28 minute long press conference. So we have, was it Square Enix, Sony, and the Nintendo? Yes. Or uh, Square Enix, Ubisoft, Sony, Nintendo. Holy shit. This podcast is going to be 45 hours long. I'm sorry. Uh, Square Enix we can do pretty quick, though. Uh, Square Enix opened with uh, more Tomb Raider. Uh, I watched that and was kind of like, guys, stop showing showing the game. You wrote stop with like six O's. Yeah, it was because they just... They showed you gameplay, and then they showed you a trailer. I know. After the game, I'm like, yo, guys, like, like, like let me just no, fucking play it at this point. They didn't like, have much else to show, so. Yeah, so then followed up by uh, Stormblood. Uh, I, th- I think it's Final Fantasy Online with Monster Hunter. It's, um, it's Final Fantasy fourteen is doing, like, a crossover thing with Monster Hunter World. That's it. I don't know. Next. Uh, and then Captain, the oh, yeah, Adventures Cap- of Captain, Captain Spirit, Spirit. Yeah, which yeah. is set in the Life of Strange yes. universe. That game looks cool. It is going to be, I think, a sort of prequel to Life is Strange Two. Okay. Um, Life is Strange One is a really cool game that I think is also a good um candidate for a further talking simulator. 
Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one we could just play through together. I've already played through it, but maybe oh, one yeah. we can play through together. That'd be fun. Because um, the Life is Strange games and the the like that kind of don't nod game is um, sort of beating Telltale at its own game. That's what I've heard. Um, and the first, did the is, first season have a rough start? Is that pretty like genuinely? The first season opens with like. The first season of uh, Life, is Life is Strange, and I, and also the prequel um, season that came out afterwards, um, the main characters are teenage girls. So the first episode of the first season, you are dealing with teenage girls being in high school and dealing with high school things. <sighs> kind of a cringeworthy subject. Like, right. if you just listen to teenage girls talking to each other kind of sucks. Might not be super into that. So it's a little yeah. bit jarring to hear that at first. I don't think they'd necessarily do a bad job of conveying that, but it it's is like it that. is a little bit hard to hear where yeah. we're at. Um but they take that season to some really interesting places. They definitely go like they have some Twin Peaks vibes in there. They have some mm. like kind of like weird fiction sort of vibes. Cool. Um and they're also dealing with some like mature themes um that don't always get talked about a lot in video games like there's some queer themes in there there are some themes about depression and suicide and there's some really interesting stuff going on in there narratively that is not it's handled with a deft hand so i didn't play before the storm um the prequel that they put out Mm -hmm. but um i would like to get to that eventually but i'm i'm down for more more life is strange and Even it if seems it's like, like side stories as well. That's well, cool. I would. I think Life is Strange is better suited to be an anthology kind of series. Okay. So it seems like, uh, what is it called? Captain Captain Spirit. Captain, the Adventures like of Captain Spirit. Maybe Captain Spirit will be. It takes place uh, around a little kid yeah. with like like his fantasies. Like him kind of playing and his his imagination. his imagination is kind of a power. I could see this being like the child version of the protagonist from season two. Oh, okay, interesting. So we'll see. I yeah, don't know, no, but it looks cool. Very, very it's also cool. free and it comes out at the end of the month. So just fucking play it. So check it out. Uh, Dragon Quest Six. They I don't know if this is an announcement or they just showed some more gameplay of it. I'm not really sure. We're not in that JRPG. Yeah, it's not our life really, but I know Dragon Quest is a very popular franchise. Yep. Cool for you guys. Uh, Babylon's Fall, uh, developed by Platinum, coming out on PS4 and Steam in 2019. Yep. Uh, I like Platinum a lot. It's a new IP. I'm down with it. Yep. Uh, They they were like, hey, Nier's still still coming to Xbox now. Cool. Cool. Awesome. That's a a game that people really like, that if you didn't get a chance to play it because you only have an Xbox, that's cool. This is good for you. Uh, Octopath Traveler is getting another demo and has a release date, July 13th. This is actually one of my most anticipated games of the year. I really like the Octopath uh, Traveler demo. I'm very excited for this game. There's another demo out now on the Switch. Yes, so. coming out today, July 14th. So, cool. Check it out. Um, Just Cause 4, they showed a little bit more of it. Today's uh, June 14th, by the way. You said July, I'm pretty Whatever. sure. Um, Just Cause 4, they, they kind of showed more of the same. It... Didn't wow me. Yeah, man. I don't know. Just cause it three. Looks, it looks cool, but eh, it looks like you're gonna you're doing what you've always done in just cause. So if you're into that, 
Just yeah. just let me blow some shit up in a big open world. And have a cool grappling hook. Yep. Uh, then The Quiet Man, which looked like it started live action and then got not live action. Don't know what the fuck that game's about. Almost looks like a Quantum Dream kind of... Quantic Dream? Quantic Dream kind of situation. Uh, and then another Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer... And it's almost the exact same one from Xbox, and then the, that one is over. So when it is done, you did not get that Avengers game. It was a that is I don't know why they had a conference. Twenty eight minute video reel that they press play on. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's not even worth digging into. What's no. next? Ubisoft. Yep. You want to take? You want to take? We're at. Uh, an hour and 30 minutes into this chunk. You want to take another quick break? And yeah. And we'll come back we and we'll finish that. up with uh, Ubisoft, Sony, Nintendo. All right. And we'll we'll try and, you know. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. We'll be right back. Hello. Welcome to another episode of It's Fits where Story Screen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1989 Tim Burton film, Batman. Batman. I remember the first one. I don't remember the actor's name, but he was in Family Guy. That was fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, Batman, the first one with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. I mean, Michael Keaton's Batman in my eyes, hands down, (laughs) hands up, don't shoot, but, um, shit, there's other Batmans and I like Dark Knight as well. Yes. Like, this is crazy. Um... There's so many Batmans, I can't really get into it. I only have 30 seconds anyway, so... Yeah, Dark Knight, or the first Batman, which one's better? Dark Knight. But Michael Keaton is Batman. And I don't know who's the better Joker. (laughs) This has been another episode of It's Fits. For more on Batman from the Story Screen family, check out our miniseries, Batarang, where we watch and discuss all the Batman movies. And we are back with more Talking Simulator. Uh, So now it's time for the Ubisoft conference, which opened up with a uh, very amazing dance from a panda and his friends. Yeah, I they I actually I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. Ubisoft has a new Just Dance game and they are here to tell you not by showing any of the game, but just having a There's big ass here. stage presence performance with a dancing panda and like a live marching band and I'm with it. I mean, you know, no one wants to see someone play last uh, Just Dance on Not anymore. A stage. Because it's all going to be the same. What we, are they going to add? We That's know different. what that shit looks yeah. like. But if you have like a big ass wild fucking stage dance show. That'll, that'll sell it. That's a way to kick off a press conference. Sure. Uh, I think that game also is still coming out on Wii. <laughs> a 
Of course it is. Uh, so after that, they actually do kick off the show after the Just Dance performance with uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, they show a CG trailer that I was really impressed with. It showed really good writing, really good kind of character interactions, beautiful art design, beautiful character design. Um, at this point, like I know that the world building is going to be really good. Yeah. I'm not convinced it's a real video game. No, even if they show us like vertical slices of it, which they have now. Yeah. Um, they kind of, I think a lot of people complained that they weren't sure if this was going to be like any way related to the original uh, Beyond Good and Evil. They, but they said show... explicitly it's a prequel. Yeah. So Jade's in it. The weird thing is they make Jade seem like the bad guy in this game, but Jade's a good guy in the first game. And I... Well, more so they make Jade look like she is a badass, like pirate, like... Kind yeah, of thing. and that's not what she is. In and Beyond she's Good a journalist in Beyond Good and Evil. So, what I think I th- isn't this a universe that is big uh, about cloning? Is it? I thought cloning I, was a big. I deal played in this the original Beyond Good and Evil a while ago, and I remember really liking it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what this Jade is and what they're doing. It, it was cool to see. I, I was, when they said prequel, I was just like, what? I don't know if I imagined this or if I heard someone talking about this or they talked about this on stage. At this point, it's all blur. Yeah. But I seem to remember that something about the Beyond Good and Evil universe being about cloning in a way that, like, cloning is a big deal here. It's part of the narrative. So maybe this is a clone of Jade that we're seeing. I don't know. It's the only thing that makes sense to me so far. Um, That's not the conversation I want to have about Beyond Good and Evil. No, so the the main thing that they show is uh, they have Joseph Gordon-Levitt come out on stage. Want to take that again? Joseph (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And you're the one who's not drinking. I know. I'm just tired. Uh, He comes out on stage. He so JGL. He does. He has this like program uh slash like artist initiative coalition that's uh called hit record and it kind of is like a community art space where people can like show each other things make things there's different like kind of challenges that that artists kind of use they're almost like prompts in that way it's like a collaboration platform for artists yeah which which is cool yeah um and so which is cool when the Project is a small indie project, like a small, yeah. like a piece of music or a piece of art or, or like a short artists film. like coming together to work together. This is a little different. They so they got him. They have him come on stage, um, which I just I love. Justin, Joseph Gordon, love it. I also think not. That you don't love him enough to say to his, not name, slur right? his name. Uh, I think I think his kind of stage presence was. Pre- oh my god, stage presence was really good and we've been talking for a for a while. while yeah and um it just felt very genuine and i, and I like that so he, he feels comfortable you know he's <laughs> ubisoft has had a number of actors and actresses on their stage yeah that do not feel very comfortable no and, and very personal. the two that they had this time felt very good and joseph gordon levitt definitely got on stage and and felt warm and charismatic yep. and he did not feel like he was just reading off a teleprompter um which we'll talk about elijah wood in a second um <laughs> that was funny 
It was funny. Even that yeah, was like a good moment. Fun. There was um, a few. Did you hear some of the weird like audio? Like yes. some of their mics not turning off. That's so Ubisoft funny. had some technical difficulties where there they had a few moments where the microphone was supposed to be turned off and it was and it was not. But it was charming in the way that like you'd you would have the developer on stage do their stage presence, get off, and then you'd hear like microphone chatter from backstage, and they're just like. Nailed it! You really did. Well, that, that's job. that's one they did. The main one was after Beyond Good and Evil, and the, and the woman who was on stage was just like, "We killed it!" Yeah, <laughs> and it was yeah, just yeah. like cool. And it's like that's that's really nice. <laughs> no, and it's like, good that you feel that. That's it, a good thing. Those yeah. little tiny like moments um, moments are are good. I feel like, but yeah. there's a thing about the Joseph Gordon-Levitt collab presentation with um, hit hit record. He didn't say anything about being paid and yeah. hit record is a is a program or a uh, a platform that allows for the artists and the creators to be paid and joseph gordon levitt very quickly got out there on twitter and said like this is a huge oversight we messed up the script was trimmed or something and we did not talk about artists being paid but they put this out there of this idea that like Oh, you the fans can create art and music for this project. And there is a conversation in the gaming industry right now about labor and about labor practices and crunch and unionizing and like to go out there as a publisher and be like, hey, here's we're a billion dollar publisher. Here's our next big game. Yeah. We're giving you the opportunity to work on it and to not explicitly get out there and say like, and of course, we're going to compensate you for your work is a bad look in an industry that right now feels like it is having some, I don't want to say growing pains, but it's going through like a shift as far as labor goes in the industry. It's a big conversation yeah. right now. Well, I mean, video games is very new and we don't have union and labor laws kind of in place for video games yet. And the gig <clears throat> economy kind of aspect of the video game industry is taking its toll on people. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of contract work that goes on in, in the industry and people are doing a lot of work and it's a, it's, it's the kind of industry that demands a lot of crunch. And, um, there's been some, some stories of abuse going on in the industry as well. That is like a very negative aspect of the industry. Um, that is a really serious thing that is coming up more and more. Um, and this is a kind of like it, it's something that could have very easily been avoided um, by them saying upfront, like you will be compensated for the work you do for this project. Yeah. Um, whether or not the compensation there is fair, mm-hmm. because you know it takes a significant amount of time, even if you're just creating a piece of art that's going to be graffiti that goes up on the wall. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. That's many hours and like getting maybe a few bucks. Like I think they, they threw out a number there that they Ubisoft has like given hit record a certain amount of money. They have a budget to pay. It's in the tens of thousands of dollars, but it's like not that much money. Realistically. Especially for something. I think the way the platform works is like you submit stuff that you have made and then, they choose if they want to use it or not, which yeah. is like, again, the kind of gig economy that is a negative aspect of the video game industry. I think something that's kind of problematic about this is like, 
Ubisoft has the dollars and the manpower to make this game. Yes. Why not have it record ally itself with like an indie developer or someone where like, you know, maybe compensation can't be that much, but can be a little bit. And that team, which is very small, could use kind of hit record as a platform and right. and maybe there's a better collab that can go there i'm not really sure how partnerships like that work behind the scenes but that's kind of but even still this yeah. is going to be a multi-million dollar game and to you know throw some pennies at a crowdsourcing kind of art initiative mm-hmm. for a game that may go on to make a lot of money in the and and i guarantee you that those people that produce stuff for hit record are not going to see any kickbacks when the game is successful or not because yeah there's the bigger conversation there of the developers are not even getting bonuses there that are even if the are game sells like in the mega millions, yeah. In many cases in the industry, um, so it is that is kind of the darker aspect to the industry that is becoming more of a, a loud conversation about yeah. unionizing and about fair labor and about fair, you know, treatment and payment of workers. That is not only in the video game industry it's a it's a worldwide thing going on right now certainly countrywide but um yeah it's a conversation that's happening and it's something that it's an aspect of this press conference and this presentation that i for me kind of overshadowed the whole game itself it's a little weird especially because like everything they showed about the game i was really into seems like it could be really cool yeah doesn't seem like it's going to come out anytime soon but it seems like it could be cool hell no um came a long way in a year though i will say that uh-huh. so then they talk about rainbow six having 35 million players and that they're gonna have like this documentary about it they stick by the games that they put out yeah that and cool. that and uh i'll just cover for honor now like they they did make a, a statement for both those games being like we're supporting these games yep they have a lot of players i think that's really cool yep uh charles rising had a very entertaining <laughs> uh opening and then oh, I, yeah. I do not care about that game no i mean they seem fine if the, that's for you, it's for you. The most for me part about that game, because uh, I played some of the older trials, like they're okay. Yeah. Take it or leave it for me. The last couple of games they put out, I've not been that interested in. Yeah. But then when they were like, oh, and this is on Switch, I was like, hmm. Okay. You could say that. They'd be like, we made this game about dirt and it's on Switch. I'd be like, is it, how much is the dirt game? Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> Can I play um, the dirt game? It costs $10 more than, than on any, <laughs> than other, any platform. other platform. Like, I need it. Well, <laughs> fine. Fine. I'll do it. Uh, then we get our Division 2 uh, kind of Ubisoft thing. The, the main takeaway from it is that they went into kind of like what the game is uh, post launch. Um, basically, the way that they kind of like talked about what the post game is going to look like is that after you beat the main game, then you'll be able to choose a specialization, and then I kind of think you get into like the more games of servicey part of the video game. After that, uh, they added raids, which everyone really lost their mind about in the crowd, but I was kind of just like, okay, I guess that's cool. Um, they're also adding three DLC packs uh, called episodes, um, so you know, just kind of your usual. Games of Servicey, yep. stuff like that. Uh, Marvel Plus Rabbits had a cool musical number for our our favorite Monkey Man. Yep, Donkey Kong, DK, Drift King. Uh, Skull and Bones had another trailer. Uh, Skull and Bones kind of, I think one of the main criticisms of when they first showed Skull and Bones last year was just like, is it just in the boat? Is it just the boat? 
And this time they kind of showed us a little bit more like there's some mainland stuff. It's mostly the boat though. But it's mostly the boat. Uh, another game, I don't really like the ship combat in, in Assassin's Creed, which is this was based off of. The thing is, I think this is one of the few demos that they did where it's just they're showing the game. There is a narrator who is describing what's going on and like, this is how you play this game. This is how this game works, which there was not enough of. Yeah, this was a good demo of a game. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, and then we get Transference, um, which has also come a long way <laughs> yeah. since uh, last year. We talked about Transference at the pre-show. I'm yeah. surprised that they carted it out on stage again. They're sticking by it. So it's not just a VR game, but it is also in VR. Uh, Elijah Wood came out on stage. He had a little fumble. And he that was very funny. It, it was, was hilarious. A very genuine moment where you just see his eyes He's, like kind of oh, sink. No. And that you can tell that the teleprompter just clicked off and he goes, oh, no. And then he just picks it up back. And he like there's a beat, again. and then he picks it back up again. Very, very, you know, humble and, and real. Yeah. Um, seems to be like a live action hybrid kind of video game where there might be some live action segments, but the gameplay uh, is what's in it. What I gleaned from the trailer is that um, you're the son of this man who invented this technology to go into memories, and you're trapped, and you need to escape. Yep. And uh, hey, that's fucking cool. The world needs more creative vr experiences like vr yeah. as a technology is really cool just and really interesting just needs more people mm -hmm. very it needs more very smart people doing creative things with the platform to make it more than yeah. just your typical shooting galleries so then they uh they show starlink um which it's a Toys to Life game that looks it's fine. The but last Starfighter. Star it's the Fox. it's the last Starfighter Toys to Life game because yeah. there are no more Toys to Life. Toys to Life uh, came hard and went. It came hard and fell asleep. Yep, and then and, Nintendo and then died. <laughs> it died immediately. Uh, Nintendo has a little bit of their hand in Toys to Life with Amiibo, but that's not quite exactly what what Starlink is. Yeah. Amiibo is more so collectible figurines. They might as well be that trading cards that yeah. have some interactivity with games but it's not the sort of you're using this to affect gameplay so much yeah. um where starlink is the pitch is very much like you buy a ship it's your ship in the game yeah and you so, buy weapons that attach to the physical ship and that manifests in the game and as you said they Star are Fox. they are they are continuing their close relationship they have the closest relationship with nintendo than any other third-party developer agreed um so i mean that game looks like it's for kids but it also looks like it is a game that is given more care than most games that are aimed at kids i'm curious to see what the <clears throat> what the word around the game is when it launches because yes. i was watching it and i was just like i don't really want to buy a toy and put on my controller but this game looks cool yeah i mean you know? like just because a game is for kids does not mean it needs to be bad. No, absolutely not. Um, and but it it's seems just there's like, a level of depth that needs to be there. Disney Infinity is supposed to have some of like the most in depth kind of like mechanics of a game around. But if it's know? it it's it doesn't need to be shallow because it's for kids, yeah. but it needs to be accessible because it's for kids. Sure, but you can still have a level of depth there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that's a hard balance to strike, and I think that's why a lot of games for kids are come yeah. out to be kind of crappy because they're just they're just they trade accessibility for shallowness you know they sure. just to make it for kids they just make it really simplistic i mean i think even skylanders had like 
some interesting depth. I know to some it. people really like Skylanders. Um, they are not it, children. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like um, I played some with my younger brother. I had a brother that grew up. I have a brother. <laughs> He's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> There's nothing tragic happened here. He doesn't. He just doesn't play Skylanders anymore. That's gotcha. the thing. Is he, he was around he, for that? He grew up during the Toys of Life time, so he was very into Skylanders. So he played that's, a lot that of sad. Really came and went. Too. It did, and he burned out on it because they kept releasing they the same game over and yeah. over again. And he grew up to the point where like those games were a bit too simple for him. But when he was in the like eight to ten range, they were good for him. They were good for him. Yeah. So I think at this point he's thirteen now. I think Starlink might be. Um, like he might not be interested in something like that because he doesn't really play with toys anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's more, you know, just into actually playing video games now. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see where this lands. The thing is like the game, I don't know if it looks like it's for kids necessarily. I don't even know if it looks very accessible. Um, what they showed looked like a pretty like cool starship sim. I mean, I don't when know you really good... think about it when you think about like Star Fox 64 even. Yeah. Also, kind of for kids. Sure, but Star Fox 64 looks like it's more for kids than Starlink. Yeah, take away I mean, the we'll toy see. Aspect, we'll see. It could know? be cool. Yeah. I mean, the 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 biggest thing about this is that they had this Star Fox tie-in with Starlink, which feels <clears throat> like it set up the the swing for the Star Fox reveal at Nintendo, yeah. which did not pay off. Which we'll come back to. So disappointing. But it, it really felt like, oh, cool, they're talking about Star Fox on Ubisoft. That means when we go to Nintendo, they're going to, you know, they set it up, and then they're going to knock it out of the park with the new reveal. That Star Fox announcement is how you get hyped, too. It's That's coming. a good announcement. I still think it exists. I think that, no, I think that game's real, for but sure. But I think it was a whiff to not talk about it I agree. at E3 this year. Um, They talk about the crew, too. Uh, beta coming out this month. I don't really care about the crew. Yeah, everything I've heard about it, it's it's just it's going for the same sort of uh, enjoyment that Horizon is presenting, but it's just yeah. not as good. Um, and then they talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, so what they showed for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, maybe to the layman, looked fairly interesting. I lately have been playing Assassin's Creed Origins. So this is my hot take on that. You're a you're a not you're a uh, above average man. I'm above average man. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I think I put I, I think I might have put at least like ten hours into it. I'm not very into that game. Um, it does feel a lot better than the most recent Assassin's Creed games. I don't think it's as bad as those. I don't even think it's bad. It's a very mediocre game. Um, it's kind of glitchy. The parts that look beautiful are beautiful. The attention to detail historically is really amazing. The combat sucks. I really, I hate the combat in that game. I really, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's so annoying. It's very unsatisfying, especially yeah. in the post God of War, God of War world. Um, I haven't played Assassin's Creed since the first one. So, so I'm me, not the right one to talk about. So I was kind of like watching the Odyssey footage like pretty closely, and it looks identical to origins from menu systems yes, to but, combat systems but to... this is sparta no this is madness no this is sparta no no it's madness i'm pretty sure it's sparta no, i think it's madness you know it's one of the islands it's next to mykonos i all right madness. i still think it's i, think, I still think it's sparta yeah, well um, this one is sparta 
there's loot. It's just it it looks too too samey, except for like now you can choose how you talk to. Uh, there's all of the side quests in Origins are boring as fuck. Well, another lesbians game though. Another lesbians games. So another lesbian cool. game. So that's that's one check for cool. Yeah, I'll give it that. Um, E3 2018 year of the lesbians. So for people, I know a lot of people really like Origins, and like I'm not even gonna say I won't jump back into it because sometimes you just chill and you get addicted to fetch quests. And that's just your life for a little bit. Yeah, well. But I... Uh, if you're in the right state of mind, some very simple fetch quests can be yeah. all right. So, you know, uh, it is... If a lot of people really like Origins, more power to you. You're going to like... If you like Origins, you're gonna, it looks like you're going to really like Odyssey. To me, as a someone who does not play Assassin's Creed, but is an observer of all these things, I thought it was cool when they took a year off to do... to do uh origins and i'm bummed to see them come right back with the next year with odyssey i was more so expecting them to show watchdogs this year um because i think it'd be cool for ubisoft to take the one off one on like assassin's creed and then watchdogs and then assassin's creed and it's a bummer to see them do another assassin's creed so soon after the last one I was really, I was kind of disheartened because, like, I was, I'm so familiar with like the menu systems in the in the HUD right now. So, yeah. like, watching the game, I was just like, come it's a different skin, like, huh? I was just like, come on, like, it looks the same. Yeah. And like, the combat when they showed it off at E3 for Origins looked really fun too. And it's not, it's very well, unsatisfying. You don't like it. I don't like it. But I don't really, I don't understand how anyone could like it. But that's that's just my opinion. That's a difference right. in opinion. Okay. There are plenty of people out there that I've heard express positive feelings about Assassin's Creed Origins. There are things I like about Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah. There, there's a lot of good there. It's just not enough for me. But also, not a game that is like light on content. Like that is absolutely a not. Dozens that is of a, hour that long is a game. long game. That's so, true. To put out another game that is so similar within a year seems to me, I don't know, not the choice I would have made. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree, especially because they're still coming out with DLC for Origins. So, yeah. um, and, and I'm also ready to check out what the like the next Watch Dogs is. It's time. Yeah. It's weird that it's not been announced. Um, we have to wait because like Ubisoft doesn't really announce too many things out of E3 cycles. Maybe at Gamescom we can get something. Yeah, but that's kind of really the only other showcase. Well, the other thing is this is the last game or they Par- showed. Or Paris Games Week. Yeah, this is the last game they showed. So. I think everybody was kind of it, Splinter Cell is happening. It's a very right. poorly it's a right. poorly kept secret. Like, <laughs> it has to be happening. The industry people know that Splinter, Splinter Cell, Cell is happening. So it's kind of weird. Like the stream I was watching, the industry person was saying like, "Yeah, they'll show Assassin's Creed, and then they'll have a one more thing." And then, and then when they didn't, he thing? was like, "Oh." Like he kind of showed his hand a little bit that he knew that he there was, knew a, was one more thing happening. So something got pulled, maybe. Uh, Who knows? Listen, Splinter Cell was part of the Walmart leak, which yeah. up until this point has been all but one hundred percent all the stuff that so was now on it's that 99% list. Ninety nine percent true. So yeah. it seems like they pulled Splinter, Splinter Cell from this presentation, which I don't know, man. I it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I think that there's more to the story than we know, especially because. You know, the big reveal of Assassin's Creed was also spoiled with True. that keychain. So, like, yeah. 
I don't know. I I'm ready for a new Splinter Cell. It's kind of weird that they didn't show it. Maybe I it'll want be, I want a new Splinter Cell. I also just like I want a be, good Ubisoft game. Maybe it'll be Paris Games Week. Maybe it'll be um, <clears throat> Gamescom. Gamescom. Maybe it'll be PlayStation Experience. Did they talk about third? party tiles of please experience or is it more first party they tiles? have they have yeah, okay. yeah they have uh maybe it'll be um game nintendo, awards nintendo direct <laughs> game award i always forget about game awards because they do yeah but we're not getting game awards for really no it's december yeah you're right um moving on from ubisoft's we got two left. These are some pretty heavy hitters these are big ones these are big boys but there are not that many games to talk about True. so um sony sony starts things off in a weird church thing sony place so okay so sony did a weird thing this year where they yeah they changed up the format of this conference yes i think for the the worst so i'm not gonna say it's bad you watch this this one i watched no this one i watched live you did watch live yeah so I don't know how you watched this, but I was watching this, but no, also... No, remember on... you were a few seconds behind me? Yes. Yeah. I was also on Twitter at the same time, kind of like ear the ground for what press is experiencing as yeah. they're at this event. And <laughs> the read of the room from the people that were actually there at the conference were like, we're in this weird tent, it's really hot and it's crowded and they're playing this weird music and I don't know what's going on. And then they came out and showed The Last, the Last of, of Us Part Two. two. Yep. Well, Sean Layton came out first. Well, they have the music performance by Gustavo Santillada. Santil. I'm gonna try. Try. Santeo Leila. Santeo Leila. I don't think that's it. But I don't think it's, it's it. fine. But he's he's the guy who made the music for Last of Us. Yes. Good music. Very good. That performance was too long. Yeah. There's like three parts at the end of the song where you're like, is it? No, he's got, he's doing another okay. one. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. I'm not going to mess with Gasava. But I mean, it's just odd that they chose to like go out of their way to build this tent. And, and then have like, to move people to the actual and space. And then move people. Yeah. It, this feels like, so Sony has been, from a market perspective, dominating this whole generation. Oh, yeah. And at the turn of the PlayStation 2 generation going into PlayStation 3, Sony was in the same same boat where they were killing it. Microsoft at the time was a newcomer to the like console thing. Yeah. Sega was dropping out because they murdered the Dreamcast. Sony, that is, murdered the Dreamcast. Um, and Sony was kind of at the top of their game and they got overly cocky. Yep, and then when PlayStation 3 came out, they... Very similar, if you remember when the uh, Xbox One was announced, very confident on the side of the company where they were just like, oh, this console's expensive, but you can just get another job to buy it, things yes. like that. Very much like, this is not what the fans want to and, hear. And at the time, 360 came out, they launched first. Yep. They made a lot of sound decisions. I think they, they had a the cheaper console. Cost. They had a cheaper console. Yep. And they... They did really well, so it flipped, and 360 did a lot better than PS3 did. I think in and the then, long run, PS3 might have outsold 360. No. No? No. Mm. 360 outsold PS3. It wasn't as bad in the long run yeah. as it looked initially, but 360 was murdering PS3 for, for a long, long time. For a minute. And then it swapped again, 
Microsoft got a little bit too cocky. They announced a more expensive console with the Connect. They started. They came out with all the. Online. They came out with the um, always online stuff, which people did not take too well. They reversed their stance on that, but at that time, the, like the damage had already been done. Like a lot of the public like knowledge of the console was like, oh, that thing's online all the time. Yeah. I can't buy used games. Like fuck that. I'm not into that. And Sony took advantage of that. They released first. They, uh, they had a cheaper they price point. Really, were focusing on like this is a machine for games. This is not your no. You're like you're all in one system. Home and entertainment. Like, yeah. Exactly, and like you've seen, it's been really interesting to watch the ebb and flow of the competition between Sony and Microsoft because they have switched places a number a of lot. times now. Yeah, and. To me, this press conference, while I think it was good, like I think the the content that they showed was good. Mm-hmm. The presentation that they had feels like Sony is getting too cocky again. I can agree with that. It's just it's just a little weird, and like it's before we break into the games, like we get a first, we get the Last of Us Part Two trailer, which we are going to break into in a second, and then they kind of break it up with like. Some like a uh, a panel piece with um, Ryan Clements uh, from IGN now working for uh, PS4 mm-hmm. or for PlayStation. Um, I forget who the other guy that was with them, but just like kind of like PlayStation figureheads, and they cut back and forth between like the stage show and then people like standing at a uh, a booth kind of looking thing. Yeah, if you see any kind of like post show content from like some of the major outlets, it looked yeah. a lot like that, but it was PlayStation people doing it. Which I think is just kind of problematic when you're going to have these kind of like almost like a sports esque talk show situations, but mm-hmm. talking you can't heads talking heads thing. thing yeah. You can't have it from the people who work for that company because right. you're not going to get this critical perspective. Also, it just broke the pacing of the entire. The thing. pacing was not, was messed not up, good. and then at the very end of the conference, like, oh, we have some more stuff with the people who were talking before. It was weird, man. And then they're showing some things where I'm like, this should have been like the Spider Man demo. Like, just put it in the conference if you're going to have all this gameplay for it, right? Like, Which or, is and it's just the, weird. The other thing is, it was a fairly short like stage presentation. Yeah. There, there was a while where the, the gears picked back up and it was games, 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 and that's when it was and then really. Then it just kind of ended, and then it just kind of stopped. Um, I was surprised they ended on Spider-Man. Which, um, well, I think they did that show in the order of how games are going to come out. Maybe I'm not sure. I think Death Stranding could come out before. They couldn't lessons. end on Death Stranding because they didn't actually show any gameplay. Really, uh, he's walking around. I mean, it's in engine, but like, it's not. He's not really. There's not a lot of verbs yeah, going on in that game. I don't know. <laughs> um, Who knows about that fucking game? Uh, no one really. No I don't even knows. know if anybody but Kojima. <laughs> I wrote for Death really. Stranding. Kojima can take my hand. Yes, I will. Yes. Yes. Um, um, <clears throat> but I, I think. Um, <coughs> Especially when you consider what E3 or Sony's stage show at E3 last year was like, where they just had Sean Layton came out for a little bit. He talked about Sony. He was like, "We got a lot of stuff for you tonight." And then they basically just showed games the whole time. They brought out Kojima. They had that. They had that amazing uh, score in the beginning of it, which I thought was very tasteful. Well, they had they had the live orchestra playing over the the. videos that they were shown yeah and I, but for the most part it was just uninterrupted 
one game trailer after another. And it's weird because I, I thought that like most people, I thought that was positively received. Like most people were just like, yeah, this is how you should do an E3 conference. The criticism that I saw was maybe you get some more developers out there talking about their game. Fair. Not maybe you get more Sony people out there, like talking head Sony people yeah. out there. So like it's weird that they went this direction. Like they talked about like uh, God of War getting a new game plus, but I don't think you saw Corey Bal- Balrog at all. No. And it's just like, yo, he's like, he, he, he went viral crying on camera yes. after seeing those reviews. Like yes. maybe he should be. I think people would have been happy to see him there. I agree. Especially if you're going to announce something for his game. Right. After he did so much press for that release over all the outlets. So the show, the format of the show was weird, but I think the content was good. It was solid. Yes. I think I think content-wise, PS4 might have had the best E3. So let's talk about the first one. So Last of Us had a... This kiss, this kiss. It's... Um, it was... It's, it might be single-handedly the best trailer slash gameplay demonstration I have ever ever seen so when i said at the top of the show that this year really wowed me in as far as graphics go this is the one i'm talking about last more than any of them crazy the opening cutscene that they show which i'm taking as that is like in-game engine Oh yeah, like yeah. that's always kind of how that's the that's, game. That's how Naughty Dog makes their games. Is they their like cutscenes they are like in the, engine. yeah they like to do like a, the cutscene ends and you don't realize the game started. Yes, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it. I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but it honestly, like my jaw was slack. We we were texting each other as we were watching it, and like by the end of it, I had goosebumps like i was just like i I can't believe this game exists the lighting in there the texture of the skin like the close-up on ellie's face and you can see the imperfections in her skin Mm -hmm. you can see the lighting through their hair you can see the translucence of their skin the animation when people are talking to each other like it is the most convincing realistic human cg i have ever ever seen yeah that includes like cg animation that is not like in engine stuff yeah that includes like i mean there's not a lot of stuff out there doing this kind of thing but the, the like final fantasy advent children kind of style yeah of I mean, that's stuff. like a cheat though because it's like heavily it's pre-rendered artistic like yeah this is not pre-rendered <clears throat> this is in engine stuff i mean it's a cutscene still but it's like it's still using the game engine yeah like naughty dog are wizards at this kind of stuff and then when you move like and also i think from um, a narrative perspective i am really interested i'm glad that they're focusing on ellie yeah I'm glad that joel is not the playable character well i mean you know much like last of us one we might have a swap at some point who knows but i really think they're passing the torch to it's ellie it's primarily ellie yeah i think that we still might have a dual narrative that's ellie and ellie's mother Potentially, I yeah, think there might could be, be that some might time be some jumping. Time jumping. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like, like a throwback. Like, there's a small chunk of like you play as Joel for like a season, kind of like could it be was last could be an now. inverse of the who, Last of Us part. Who one. knows? I mean, we it's it, we really for what we got, and this is again why it's so good of just like a slice of what this game could be. I we don't know what the story is. No. We don't know what the story is. We don't know where it's going. There's a lot left unanswered, which is good. Yes. It left you wanting more. 
But I was very... That game, I'm just like, yeah, I'll sit back and wait for that. And I'm very satisfied with what we saw. It's... They learned their lesson from the last time they showed The Last of Us Part 2, where it was a out-of-context scene yeah. that was hyper-violent, especially against violence against women. Like, this was a quiet moment with Ellie at a party. They're showing life as it kind of goes on outside of, like, the hyper-violent violence of The Last of Us Part 2. And they, they showed... They continued to show um, Ellie in, you know... The queer lifestyle that she has because yeah. they they see they that talk about that in left behind yeah um and they pay off on that and um shout out to uh danielle riendo on waypoint who was talking about like this trailer from like the queer woman perspective mm. obviously neither of us have the specifically queer woman perspective mm. but like the idea of like the kind <clears throat> of flirtiness between ellie and um this other character feels very natural. Diana? No. Did they uh, say her name? Uh, it starts with a D. Shit. Um, I don't know. This other character who Ellie obviously like, and again, this is paying tribute, or this is me paying tribute to how convincing the human characters are yeah. in this animation. Is you can tell just by Ellie's body language, she is attracted to this person. Yeah, she has a crush on this person. And then they engage in a slow dance together, and there is that sort of like playful flirtiness. Um, that is, it, they are conveying a lot with that scene. Well, by like you know cutting to as the camera pans behind them before the kiss happens, we get the gameplay slice, and it's the darkness that Ellie has, the darkness that maybe keeps Ellie from relationships. Sure, but you know? like even before that, like there is that that. There is a, a tenderness in that. Yeah. And I think... I just think the, just, the juxtaposition worked very yeah, they're, well they're, in the trailer. You, absolutely. But yeah. m- my hope <clears throat> for The Last of Us Part Two, and I think what they demonstrated really well, is they are able to show those sweet moments. Yeah. And I think the really dark, hyper-violent, aggressively, you know, super dark moments only work if you put those up against really sweet genuinely heartfelt moments yeah and the animation here is good enough that those really sweet quiet moments really work yeah i agree and that kiss was the most convincing animated kiss i've ever seen in my life it's probably the best one i've seen it is like I was, I can't, this is the thing from E3 I can't stop thinking about from the technical perspective. Yeah. Because when they kiss, there are multiple points where the lips are like making contact with each other. They are deforming around each other. Her nose is bending up against, up against the other character. They are, when they pull apart, it like moves in a convincing way. Like it looks like the way skin reacts to other yeah. skin whereas most every other time you've seen a kiss or a, a sex kiss scene is cringy in yeah. any sort of animated setting not even just video games like any kind of animated setting it looks like two mannequins just kind of like bumping up each, against each other yeah where this is like you know their their skin goes flush and they start blushing mm-hmm. like the, it is Something I went back to and watched multiple times because I could, just could not get over like the detail that they put it's, in that uh, animation. The, it's 
in it's visually incredible. It is. And then from a narrative standpoint, beautiful. Like yeah. it's very, very cool. And then from a gameplay standpoint, perfection. I mean, yeah, they cut from there into the gameplay and and to me that's almost less interesting at this point. Pisha, <laughs> man. I'm into that game. I guess. But like You can be into both. But you can be into both, definitely. Yeah. But I think the the what Last of Us Two needs to prove to me is that they don't need to rely 100% on the violence because to what I could have done of with less of from the last of us is the violence because you are in a post-apocalyptic setting murdering hundreds of people like you gotta survive yeah but how many fucking people are left to murder to, to me that's the so to me what last of us means is that it's kind of like the yin and the yang moments of sweetness that has to come through survival of like the deepest darkest gunk of human of the human condition that's what last last of us is as much the darkness as it is joel talking about records with ellie in the in the record store sure you need both but you also need to establish that there are people who want to live their lives and not only just murder each other sure. which is why i think the opening part of that scene is so interesting but we get that in last of us one too with Joel's brother you on the commune. Some, yeah. and like, yes, yeah. you do. Um, but I think those combat moments, and they and Neil Druckmann has been out there saying, like, we want the violence in this game to make you cringe. We yeah. want that we want this to feel impactful. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that you make it impactful, and this will be would need to be a kind of brave decision from a gameplay perspective, because you know the gameplay systems that they're building for this game are going to be combat related right yeah they're going to be about shooting and murdering people but the less violence you put into that game the more impactful every combat encounter feels and by the end of the last of us part one i was tired of shooting people i guess that's just where we differ because by the end of last of us one i the only thing i wanted to do is get through that hospital dude there is you kill so many fucking people in that game because you're the bad guy i get it but you're not gonna be the bad guy in this one you're gonna be playing you, as ellie what makes you think that she might not be the bad guy because in that i game? don't think i think she is going to be struggling with the idea that she needs to be violent in this world but like the more people you kill the less each one of them matters and like i think for really establishing a powerful narrative it's the little narrative dissonance that you have in all the Naughty Dog games. Like Uncharted, you play as Nathan Drake, who is this fun, plucky rogue. Yeah, who just kills mad people all the time. murders scores of people, yeah. hundreds of people. And like to, and in, in a somewhat smaller um, scale, you do that in The Last of Us as well. And like, I just, I'm just, I'm getting to the point where I'm tired of murdering people in video games. And I want to see, I think... That Naughty Dog is a really, really talented studio. This tech is fucking unbelievable. And I think we're at the point you can make an engaging video game experience where 90% of your time does not need to involve shooting people. We shall see. Because 90% of all the other video games we're going to play in the next couple of years are going to be shooting people. That's fair. I mean, uh, I don't know if Last of Us is the game where... What I else is want, there? I you know, fucking life is strange. 
yeah, but that game is not is not working on the te- technical aspect that sure. Last of Us is. I'm just saying I like the violent world of Last of Us as much as I like the sweet world of Left Behind and things like that. You're right, but again, the the violent world feels more impactful when there is less of less it. Violence. When it, I, when it I, is, under, I understand. When the violence happens and it is an oh shit moment, I think that makes it that much more impactful. Yeah. So I hope that they can create, a, even if it means the game is shorter, like that's fine by me. You don't need to make your game 15 hours and by adding in like 10 more hours of killing people. I mean, I don't think this game's going to be that long. We'll, we'll see. see. I mean, The Last of Us Part 1 was a pretty long game. Eh, it's like 10 or 12 hours. 15 if you stretch it. It's pretty long, dude. It felt long in the end. I think it took me like a good 15 hours to get through. Yeah. And by, again, by the end, I was like, I'm done shooting people. Don't want to do this anymore. I think we just we have two different perspectives on the game. Uh, so moving on to Ghosts of Tsushima. Opening with the Flute Man. Weird choice. Weird choice is having the Flute Man. Weird choice putting... I mean, like, apparently that dude is like a world-renowned flute player. But putting, up. <laughs> putting a white dude in, like, the Japanese cultural garb... Yeah, I thought that was weird. Felt weird. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but the game, the game looks, looks fucking cool. <laughs> the game looks so good. Yeah. Apparently, uh, so I mean, I assume if you listen to this, you saw the E3 show. Apparently, that's just a side quest, um, which is so cool. It looks just like a classic samurai showdown game. Yep. Um, just like it's not a so, samurai showdown game. Not a samurai showdown game. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, it just looks so cinematic from like the way the trees move and yeah. where the lighting goes. It seems that like every like every time you stop moving in that game, it's supposed to be just like a still painting. It's a pretty. Like, it's pretty. It's and, a looker. Uh, movement seems cool. Not as vertical as maybe some of uh, the other Insomniac games, Sucker Punch games, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch games. Yep. Um, but we'll see. He does climb up some buildings and stuff, and maybe there's like kind of major cities where he's a little bit more on rooftops or something. Kind of similar to uh, Infamous. But uh, the game looks cool. It's supposed... I think one of the things I read is that they're very focused on like uh, precision, and every time you strike, it's supposed to matter, you know? So That sounds very, awesome. Very cool. Uh, I More I, games where like a samurai sword will cut someone in half in one blow. Yeah. I like that, like, a game like that with a short time to kill, I think is is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really into that. And it's very satisfying. It's kind of my problem with Assassin's Creed. Uh, I feel like you're this bad assassin, and it's like, I want some satisfying, like, executions or finishers or things yeah. like that. Like, that's what I want. We we talked about this a little bit going way back to the uh, Logan podcast we did. Ugh. He's got giant knives coming out of his hands. And when he hits someone with them... Their limbs usually come off. Yeah. So a samurai sword is the sharp as fuck. It should really knife. mess someone up when he uses it. So I, the first the first attack that they do in that demo, I, where he I just like immediately cuts the person down. Gassed. I was like, because <gasps> one of my favorite Shocking. games from way back from the PlayStation era, I don't know if you ever played this, was uh, Bushido Blade. I've heard of Bushido Blade. Bushido Blade is a one-on-one fighting game that is all around like samurai. Mm-hmm. And really all it takes is one good clean hit to and kill your you opponent. I mean, that's like what it was like in 
like old samurai movies. It's that it was kind of like the one strike well, is what downs you. you most, know? I mean, historically, when samurai fought, it was they were usually really quick. Yeah, like the the person who gets the upper hand that gets the the clean strike in first has the advantage. Like yeah. usually those those kind of like real life historical battles mm. were decided in a matter of seconds. Makes sense. So to see a game like it's and it's it's tough to do something like that yeah. in a video game because usually you know the, that level of precision is hard to execute on with a controller Mm -hmm. but to see this game at least like go for that kind of thing looks pretty sweet i think the way you do that is timing more than anything i think so too i'm I'm hoping it doesn't fall back in some kind of like uh arkham fight mechanic yeah uh but we'll see i i'm curious there was no like glowing around yeah he didn't have a spidey sense go off or anything uh after us to our next oh no 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 not quite that's that's at the end but uh control was the next game? Oh yeah, uh, from the developers of Alan Wake, I yeah, believe. Yeah, Remedy. Mm-hmm. Remedy's making that. Uh, looks really cool. Yeah, looks that. That's kind of all I have to say. You seem to play a female protagonist who has weird powers and a weird boxy gun. I heard from interviews that uh, Remedy is describing their aesthetic for this game as the new weird, which is a description I like very much. That sounds very good. Yeah, <laughs> so. I uh, I'm on board for whatever they're making. This game looks cool. They didn't show a ton. From the trailer, there's a lot of like a, floating did objects. It say 2019, it's a 2019 game, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see more of this in the near future, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, some real hype. Resident Evil 2 remake uh, got a trailer. Yes. And it looks good. Yeah. It looks really good. They're basically ma- remaking RE2 with uh, RE4 sort of gameplay. Yeah. Behind the back, over the shoulder. Yeah. Third person. And, and it doesn't look as cartoony or anime-y, which is kind of a page from RE7. Yes. Um, it looks it looks really good. It looks scary, but it still has some of that Japanese charm. They put out some like extended gameplay of that. Oh, really? Yes. Have you seen any of it? Yes. How does it look? It looks good. It looks like classic Resident Evil gameplay, like around the like item systems, menu systems kind of yeah. thing. But like behind the back, sort of RE4 um, shooting mechanics. But it also seems like they're kind of splitting the difference between RE2, where it's a little bit more difficult to pull off the shooting. Like, it is behind the back, but you're not... I don't think you're as precise as you are in RE4. Because by the end of RE4, like, it's an action game more so than a horror game. Yeah. Seems like they're sort of splitting the difference here, where, like, your ammo is going to be limited. It's going to be relatively difficult to, like, land shots. Headshots, things like that. But we'll see how it actually plays, because... Mm that can very quickly become frustrating if it feels like the game is not... Survival horror games have a, a hard balance to strike. Right. Yeah. But you need to... In order to get the horror aspect, you can't you can't feel like a killing machine. Right. Then you're which you do by the end of RE4. Or that's the problem like with RE5. Machine. Yeah. And definitely RE5 to yeah. another extent. Like, you're just literally mowing down You're just mowing down everything. Time, yeah. So from what they show... What they showed from the gameplay from E3, it looks... A lot slower, more methodical. Mm-hmm. You really need to take your time to line up your shots because the zombies are like moving and weaving their heads a little bit. So it's it, and it looks like the ammo is relatively limited. So it looks like they're going to be able to pull off the tension of the original Resident Evil games. Yeah, it so. looks it looks very good. Uh, after that, tr- uh, Trover. I think it's Trover, not Trevor. Trover saves the universe. 
this is a action platformer from uh, Rick and Morty co-creator Justin oh, Rowland. That's just fun, yeah. Uh, it's a VR game as well. It's just like a normal game. It uh, looks fun. I'm not sure how much the gameplay looks amazing, but it looks funny in the same vein as Rick and Morty. They got that improv vibe going on. Um, I can see myself picking it up just for the laughs. We shall see. Yeah. You're much more of a Rick and Morty fan than I am. Yeah. I understand people don't like the fandom, but that show is good. Don't, yeah. don't hate. No, I, I don't want to hate the show. It's been very tainted for me at this point. I, I don't think I, I can... I will not... Uh, argue with that yeah i got in early so i'm kind of locked in yeah um another kingdom hearts 3 trailer this time he's Skip. just go to he's the, a pirate boy and he one. meets all his pirate friends and jack sparrow's uh pirates death stranding is next um death stranding what to say about death stranding <laughs> what to say so this is the first time they showed "Quote unquote" gameplay of Death Stranding. Yeah, looks a lot like this other game that came out a few years ago. Uh, what was it called? Um, iron. No, um, it's not Kong. Iron Steel Mechanism. Nope. It looks like a metal. It looks. It looks so. Ex- even though it looks so much like Metal Gear Solid Five, it's crazy to even me. Even though it's not the Fox Engine. It, I think it's still a lot of the same I artists. I think it's the Fox. I think no, so no, they, it's a different name. It's not the Fox engine, but I think the architecture. No, they're using the Horizon Zero Dawn engine. Oh, yeah, you're right. They explicitly said that. Uh, but I think the important thing to remember here is engines do not dictate art. And I yeah. think a lot of the artists that worked on Metal Gear 5 the same. came over... It's crazy when you give Norman Reedus a ponytail how much he looks like this other dude I know. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, the thing, kind of going back to your point with Last of Us, and I think Kojima kind of said on record, he came out with a trailer with no, like, super violence, no gun, yes. no shootouts, no anything like that. Kojima you know? said he wanted a quiet trailer. And, uh... I guess that's, you know, you see a lot of what traversal might look like in this game. You play as this, I think you're, you're protagonist. You're a delivery boy. Essentially. You yeah. got a lot of boxes and weird robos and a bait and, and, a, and ba- a fucking baby. And a dead body. You got a dead body? Are you a dead body? No. What there's a moment of, in that trailer oh, where he, right, he wraps like, up that body. There's a body that is like mummy style wrapped up that he's carrying on his back. He has a few big backpacks and stuff. Yeah, um, so the majority of that trailer is him traversing big, open, which conveys a little bit about the game, right? It's yeah. probably, it is a third-person action game. Mm-hmm. There's going to be stealth mechanics, but they showed a lot of, like, big, open environments. Yeah. Which look really nice. Uh, Yeah, it looks amazing. I mean, you know, it's the same engine as Horizon Zero Dawn, which is, is one of the best-looking video games out there right now. Yep. So... Um, it looks really cool. There's not a ton to say about the game. I can't tell you any more about the story than what we already got. Did you write down, or do you remember the name of those two actresses that they introduced? No, but I know they're pretty well known. It is the woman who is a French actress who was in The Lobster. Oh. Um, she was like the leader of the resistance in The Lobster. Oh, that's cool. Um, I know who that is. Yeah, you know who that is. Yeah. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but uh, she's a good actress. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see her. And then the other actress that they introduced at the end of that trailer um, was the original Bionic Woman. Huh. 
Yeah. Interesting. So, so Kojima is amassing a cast. Now. A quite the he's, star he's power. Got Norman Reedus. Mads he's Mikkelsen. Got Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, Gabriel Zotoro is in the is in the game. Mm, I think he was just in that trailer. I don't think no, he's actually in the game. No, because that looked kind of like gameplay too. The way he was like moving around. Well, it was in engine. It's hard. To, it's hard to say. Mm, nah, it gets muddled nah. in that way. I think that was just a fun like wink and nod. I don't thing. think the game is going to entirely take place on that that empty plane though, because of what they showed Gabriel Zotoro in that other trailer, where I think that there's like, yeah, there was a city because he's. I think that. Well, that's when they showed Mads Mikkelsen as well. Exactly. I think yeah. Sam, uh, Norman Reedus' character, exists in the fail state or like the game over part of the world. And that's where he is. But oh. I think he can... I think that's just where you are when you're in your fail state. And then when you maybe come back to life or back to respawn, you're in the other part of the game. Interesting. And that's why you're seeing... Sh- that's why you see shadows by connective tissue in the sky. Well, there is... So people have started to piece together what's going on here. Impossible. Because, which is difficult, <laughs> but Kojima likes to give people breadcrumbs. Yeah. And he's given enough breadcrumbs now that people are starting to line them up. Mm-hmm. Because um, he showed this, the baby, the fetus kind of thing. Yeah. Norman fetus. Um, <laughs> and in this trailer, Norman Reedus is talking over some sort of like radio communication to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, about like the monster presence, it seems like there is this kind of invisible monster that always is sort of present. That is always a threat that's going on. Yeah. That when they touch people, they age really quickly. Ah, okay. So that was oh, from I the do last. That, that from was the from last the last trailer. trailer, right? And as soon as Norman Reedus realizes that there are these monsters coming out, he's on the radio with somebody who says, um, "If they get you, it's gonna fuck shit up. Like you'll grow back." Of course, is the line, uh-huh. but it's gonna be bad, mm-hmm. and that's when Norman Reedus attaches the baby to his chest and like plugs something in. So maybe like gives him some kind of youth. Thing so what I think that is resistance. is clones. Oh, okay. So that's a so baby. that's like a that clone is a version of him. Okay. And if he gets grabbed by the ghoulies, the baby will. Take the consciousness. Will grow into a full size adult. Oh, like kind of like uh, like those like little spongy guys you put in the water. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, Norman Reedus is like plugging the thing into himself in a way that's like transferring maybe his uh, adult consciousness. Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, I buy, you I, I, here? I, buy, I buy that. I don't know as it's, much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> again, it's breadcrumbs, but yeah. people are starting to put together those breadcrumbs. I, you that know, maybe mooning you in the beginning of the trailer. Pretty good. I say you like only Jack, like only just mooning. me. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm on board. I don't care. There's a lot I going on. It. I I think Kojima wants to tell a deeper story than he's been able to pull off at times. And there's I think Metal Gear. It seems had like its there are a lot of themes going on. Metal Gear definitely has some some themes he has some themes but i also think that he was constrained in a lot of ways maybe from konami this is completely free range kojima on the on the subject of kojima a little bit on the the broaching on the subject of smash so they added solid they added solid snake back in the smash Uh so before it was the uh foxhound logo like like kojima foxhound logo that was like behind his like damage percentage in game okay now it's exclamation mark which means that Konami was probably just like, no Kojima sign. 
Oh. Get that shit out of there. Okay. Weird. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's at just least what Snake it is. is in there, and he's voiced by David Hayter, which is time, sick. which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever Kojima's got, I'm I'm here for it. I'm gonna play it. Yeah. Um. So. Yep. Uh, uh, know, you know what cool. it is. I'm into it. You know, it's you know, it's gonna okay. be one. It's gonna be fucking weird. Which I'm. I like. I like weird shit. It is a. Uh, lynchian video game it yeah. seems like and it seems like in a, in a genuinely good way well so. kojima also before this before e3 happened was out there saying like talking about his influences yeah he says i've been listening to a lot of joy division and i really like um mother and um killing of a sacred deer and um, you were really here right you were never really here and what was the fourth one mm, i just remember those three. Oh. Weird shit. He's if he's pulling from those, shit. are some weird movies. Yeah, um, uh, we also know about movies, and that's some some cool some out there, cool out there movies. Experimental, from, yeah. yeah, weird uh, stuff. Whatever that means, I'm into it. Yep. Uh, so then the conference kind of winds down. Take me home. They announced Neo Two. Yep. Uh, I haven't played Neo One. You're into it if you're not. Yep. Um, Duracoon, the from software game. Um, that does not look like it's from software game at all. That's the VR one? I think it's VR. I'm not sure if they actually announced this during the conference. No, or that was after the conference. Post. I had yeah. it written down here, though. And then, uh, yeah, they show a lot of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like him facing off a lot. It's almost like an Arkham Asylum breakout scene. Yeah. Um, where he's fighting a bunch of villains at once. But, What's uh, the Sinister Six? Yeah, but it's not all of them, is it? I guess it, it's like, is it six of them? I think so. Vulture, Rhino, Electro, Electro Scorpion, and now the the mind Mr. guy, ne- Mister Negative. I don't know anything about him. I don't either. Yeah, is there one more that I'm missing? Well, I think the Sinister Six might change because I feel like um, uh, the guy who's like the hunter is in the Sinister Six as well. Oh yeah, Craven, right? But I don't know, or Mysterio. Mysterio would probably be in it. It makes sense. Yeah, not sure. Not so sure. But um, you know, Spider Man looks fucking dope. It It looks cool. I think they 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 did sort of like a more of an uninterrupted gameplay demo of this. Yeah, they showed some last year, but this looked more like a real video game. Um, and it's I was more excited with the showed post show. Yes. With the gameplay. Yes. Um, Brian <clears throat> Crescente? Is that his name? No. Brian Clements. Ish, no, Ishitar. Uh, who is that? Is that his name? He's an old, like, one-up alum that mm-hmm. now works at Insomniac. I think okay. it's Ishitar is his name. You would know better Brian Ishitar. He was on, he was part of the one-up editorial staff. He was, like, back in the one-up show era. Yeah. Which is, like, when I started getting into personality-based games journalism. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was back in, like, 2005? That's like, I'm listening to uh, Kessler's show on uh, G4 at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sessler, not Kessler. I said Sessler. You said Kessler. Kessler's the bad guy from uh, Infamous. Yeah, and Matt Kessler works at Sony, I think, still. Whatever. We're getting too inside baseball. Um, They have showed, like, people playing Spider-Man. Yeah. It looks like a real video game now like they've backed away from like the quick time events that they showed yeah. last year uh i was worried when i so i so the like the 
the post show footage that I watched, I was like, this looks really cool. I was a little worried. I was like, it seems a little like zany. Like it almost feels like you're, you're jumping around a little too crazy. Like like uh, locomotion through the city, like using your webs to swing around, looks great. Yeah, combat. I was a little worried about. I'm like, there's a lot going on, and I'm not sure how it would control. But everything I've heard about it is that both fronts are very good. So. It it looks like. Which is what this probably should be—a much, much more mobile Batman. Yeah. Which, hey man, if like, you're gonna copy something. It's copy the best. And it was the the show that I watched was um, GameStop's. Not sorry, GameSpot's stage show. Happens. I know yeah. every single time. Um, and that was the one where Brian Ishtar was showing the game, and he said specifically, like, "We're not dumb. We." played arkham we've looked at those games like we realized like we would be stupid not to but they're you know putting their own spin on that sort of combat because like i think that combat really that combat really like changed the game for third person action combat i I wish that more games would like almost say default to it. it's like if you don't know what to do with your combat system but you can't just do that combat no you have to look like they are putting they're layering a lot of systems around that sort of like Press a button to punch somebody, push a different direction, put, press a button to punch yeah. somebody else. You're kind of like juggling around with the and enemies. And also, he's not very grounded. Like, Spider-Man is jumping everywhere, doing right. all kinds of stuff. Where Batman's very much like, an like when he's when he's doing combat like that, he's, he's very grounded. He's, yeah. he's mobile, but when Batman, like, leaps across the entire screen to punch somebody else, it feels kind of weird. Like, it's, yeah. Batman is like floating through the air. Whereas Spider-Man can Makes sense. make huge jumps yeah. and swing and quickly get from place to place. So I think if they lean into that, which it, by all intents and purposes, it seems like they are, mm-hmm. it'll be really fun. Yeah. And then combine that with really good web swinging. You got a good, you got yourself a good Spider-Man game. I think uh, September can't come soon enough. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <clears throat> oh, it'll come soon. Don't you worry. Hey. It'll be here. Yeah, we're almost done you know fucking it. June. Uh, next is the big end. Nintendo. Not so big in. Not so big in. Uh, in Their Treehouse event was a little lackluster. Um, It's it's honestly not going to be that hard to run through this stuff because a lot of it's not really all that interesting. There's not that many games to talk about. Uh, They opened up the conference with... uh, Or event. I'm just going to keep calling it conference by accident. Uh, They opened it up with Damon X Machina or Machine. Oh, Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina, which is weird. It's going to switch. Uh, This game looks really cool. I don't know much about it, and it was a very strange way to open up the Nintendo game? thing. Hmm? Mech game? Mech game? Mech. Mech game? Yeah, I fuck with mechs. Mechs and lesbians. I'm down with that. It's, um, kind of looks like Robotech, which I liked as a kid, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, Xenoblade Chronicle 2 expansion after that. Not for us. Not for us. Uh, then they talk about Pokemon Let's Go, the Pokemon Let's Go series, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. Show more of the same. They didn't really show much more than what they've already showed yeah. at that last Nintendo Direct. And uh, I'm still not really that excited for it. Probably also not for us. Probably no. also not for us. I mean, the fact that um, the motion aspect of that game is compulsory. Like, you can't... There is no other way to catch Pokemon other than the motion. The tossing thing? I'm already not into uh, that. Mm, nope. Nah. I even think Pokemon Go, you don't have to use the flick. You can just hit a button. It's fine. Um... Something that is exciting to announce, Super Mario Party. Um, looks really good. I think it looks like a classic Mario Party game. Wait, what's, what's up? What's wrong? Mario Party's never been good. 
Mario Party's oh, never been you fun, man. fucking piece of shit. Mario Party's never been the good. The first three Mario Party games are amazing. They're classics. In theory, Mario Party should be good. But the problem I've always had with Mario Party is, especially for a Nintendo game, like, mm. when you think about Nintendo, what's, like, when Nintendo gameplay, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The Simple but complex? Just the general, like, vibe. Is it fun? A... Is you trying to get me to say fun? No, it feels tight. Sure. Like, the controls feel really good, especially with Mario games. Like, Nintendo games, more often than not, yeah, they're very polished. feel very tight and polished. Yeah. I've never played a Mario Party that that the mini games feel you, tight. You are in a minority opinion, I think. I don't think so. They always feel really sloppy and loose and, like, just they feel like they're B-team sort of games. Well, this game's but, gonna have leaderboards and online, and I am into it. Okay, but I care less about leaderboards and online and more like I know Nintendo can make mini games that feel fun and tight. You and think this good. might be it for you? And I, th- my what I'm here to say is my heart is open for a good Mario Party, but the mini games need to feel good and fun and repeatable. Yeah, in order to be like a good game, like. Like, your minigame collection game does not need to feel like it plays like shit. Like, Nintendo can do their Nintendo stamp and have a party game like that that feels really snappy and good to play. Like, every single one of those minigames needs to feel good. I think it would be fun. Do you disagree? I just can't believe you don't like the old Mario Party. I'm, like, shocked the only old Mario Party I think the the minigames don't feel good to play and, like, the overall board game sort of aspect of it is wildly frustrating because it just feels random like it doesn't feel like the when you play it if you're it doesn't matter how you play it it's like random in a way like the way yeah. the stars are dolled out at the end i think which that's kind of like, part of the design of the game it's not it sucks though well to each to um, agree to disagree it's fun for you know your friends who don't play any video games at all so they can jump well, in but like well, i don't play any video games i don't like it but like i want it to not just feel completely random but like at least like if there's the random aspect of the board game still if the mini games feel more fun to play yeah i'm i'm down well, this game seems like kind of a, a return to basics, much like what I think Nintendo is doing in the Switch generation is boiling down the es- essence of a franchise that maybe has gotten away from them and really trying to hone in on what makes that game or series special. Yeah. and So I, hopefully this will be that for them. I think thus far on Switch, Nintendo has been operating above and beyond what they have yeah. on their prior generations. Like this Mario game that we got, Mario Odyssey, is... a great mario game probably the best one since the first galaxy yeah the zelda that we've gotten is one of the best zeldas ever period yeah uh mario tennis feels a lot better than the prior the last couple mario tennis still see if i they, buy it or not but really i probably good. will but i think just from the demo that they put out like they're going above and beyond yeah like nintendo's first party offerings on switch thus far have felt like they're bringing their a game pretty much every single time the switch is doing well it's weird that this conference is so not interesting so if they bring their a game i agree with you yes but if they bring their a game to this mario party game and i'm spending a lot of time talking about this mario party game because it was the only like announcement they had it's it's the it's one two there's like it's three there's three 
first party and because i don't care pokemon go pokemon let's go is made by game freak so it's not really like a it's first party but it's made by a different developer yeah but it's also already been announced true mario party is the super mario party which also i think is a good name i think that's also a good name um i'm glad it's not like mario party 9 or whatever well they be. got 10 did so bad that i think they're they're trying to like yeah get out of that yes they're trying to but that's what i'm away. saying like i think they've been bringing their a game to the switch in a way that they have not in like a couple generations sure so my heart is open for a good mario party but i'll believe it when i can see it yeah i agree um after that, Fire Emblem Three Houses coming out in 2019. Right. Um, I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan. I love Fire Emblem. I've loved it ever since it first came to the States on Game Boy Advance. Uh, this trailer, I'm in. I'm in. I'm down with it. Cool. All I want to do is put my Switch in tabletop mode and play Fire Emblem. That's all I want to do. All right. Forever. So cool. I'm in. Uh, combat looks really cool. Everything. So for me, as a Fire Emblem fan, everything this showed to me, I'm like, that's cool. That's what you want. Yep. Uh, after that, Fortnite came out that day. Uh, we I knew mean, this was happening. Uh, Chance the we, Rapper <laughs> spilled the beans. If if uh, that leak knew. didn't happen before, Chance the Rapper would have <laughs> spilled everybody. it. Because he tweeted out, like, I think the night before the Nintendo conference, he just tweeted, Fortnite on Nintendo Switch tomorrow. That's it. Like, Also, we're music. Okay, cool. All right, all right Chance. All right, thanks, man. Thank you. Um, I played it on Switch. It's one of the best like running Switch games online. I don't. I'm I'm not a Fortnite guy. I've I've tried playing Fortnite on like several platforms now, and I've just never clicked for it. I just don't want to build. I think is my hang up on it. I think the graphics cool. So that's fine. Yeah, I'm just not. It's just not for me. That's fair. That's but totally I did fair. check out the port just to see how it runs on Switch, and like they got that game fucking working on Switch. Yeah, which I mean is the thing is, it runs, on, it runs on, on it runs on phones. Like, it runs on everything. Yeah, so I will say uh, I tried playing Fortnite a few months ago, maybe even like six months ago, and I was not into it. I was like, I don't really get it. Since jumping on Switch, I think they've made the gunplay tighter. They've the the landscape that you're jumping into has a lot more towns and places to explore. And uh, crafting's tough, but I, I kind of want to wrap my head around it. So I'm, I'm in. All right. I think it's cool. Cool. I mean, um, I wish there were vehicles. That's my main I thing. I think they got like two million downloads in a day. They did. So. That's a, that's a real thing that happened. That's it's fucked up. That's crazy. Listen, man, Battle Royale's here to stay. Yeah, dude. At least for a little bit. If Fortnite is at least. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> then they showed uh, Overcooked Two, which I know you're very excited for. Yes, you can throw the food this time. Yeah, which I think makes everything a little bit easier, right? It'll make it more fun. I mean, <laughs> I kind of like by the end of t- Overcooked. Can you like do was, like a like a weird? You can kind of do a throw, and you game? can like drop it on the ground. Okay. And if you like move in a certain way, you can get a little bit of momentum, momentum to the like the physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can a little bit toss stuff, but like to actually be able to throw stuff across the room and have like somebody else catch it. Totally different, ball dude. Game. And it's out. It's out in August. So like, yeah, let's go. That's uh, I'm ready. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Killer Queen Black is uh, something that we talked about in the pre-show. We yeah. kind of had a feeling this was going to happen. It's an arcade game that's been knocking around for a long time. Yeah. This one's a little weird because they cut the number of players down by two. So I think it's eight instead of ten. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I guess. Because you think like four controllers per Switch or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Hard to really say what the logic is because I'm sure you could pair as much as whatever as you want, but I'm not sure if the architecture allows for that. We'll, we'll see when Besides it comes out. I, that game I've, looks cool. The only thing I, I, when I've heard about that game, it's if you get the chance to play it, it's awesome. Yeah. But 
it's been really hard to play because it's only, only an arcade cabinets. Like there's, yeah. there's like a handful of arcade cap cabinets that and exist. They have lines like waiting for people to play. It. Right. Yeah. So to put this out on Switch, it'll be like you know Johan Sebastian Joust when that finally came out yeah. to PlayStation and PC. Like it'll be cool. Yeah, I'm on board for it. Uh, they showed Hollow Knight, which got released that day. Yep. Which uh, I think Hollow Knight I, looks cool. I think I will play Hollow Knight once I cross off one or two games that I'm like currently working on. I have on. to work my way down to yeah. Hollow Knight as well. It's also only fifteen bucks, which is cool. That is good. And they dropped it like right away on Switch. Cool. I've heard really good things about Hollow Knight. I'm um It looks it looks good. I'm currently playing Yoku's Island Express, which came out right before E three started. Oh, okay. Which is that Metroidvania pinball style game. I heard that game is very charming. It is delightful yeah it is the art style is like really really charming and colorful and there are a lot of like weird characters Ooh. there's like some weird like elder god stuff going on but also you play a dung beetle that is a postman that's like attached to a golf ball and it's a pinball game and like it you're traversing yeah. around this world in like a metroidvania kind of way where like there are um a lot of aspects of it that are locked up until you get like later gameplay Mm. um aspects that are opening up and it's just super charming and really fun and really yeah. delightful and it's 20 bucks on the eShop and you should play it i uh i get into that uh octopath traveler we kind of already covered yep all that that comes um, out fairly soon i think it comes out next month su- this summer yeah yeah i mean i'm very excited for octopath traveler that game looks cool they did um, show a lot of stuff during this, like during the like kind of sizzle reel stuff. Yeah, and then they, there's a lot that's coming out very soon. Like the, there will be a lot of stuff. To there's play a montage that happens after this, and you get Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which is a big deal. That's very that's cool. cool. Yes, uh, Captain Toad, and, yes. a, and a bunch of other games that looked interesting but didn't really. I wrote kind of down. I wrote down the two that really grabbed me from. Yeah. It. But most of those are out this summer. Yeah. So, like, there's going to be cool. cool stuff to play on your Switch We're still this getting Okami and things like that, too. That's out this summer. That's out this summer. Tennis is out at the end of the month. Yeah. Captain um, Toad is this summer. It's just, the main concern for me is just, it's, it's you gotta, they had such a good cadence of a strong first party title a month. They can't lose that. They, well, they, they did announce that that Yoshi game that they showed last year is pushed to 2019. Yeah. Um, they did not show Metroid. Nope. Which they, they announced last year. They did not show the 2019 Pokemon game. Nope. Uh, what else? Is there anything else that we were expecting? They did not show the, the Star, Star Fox, Fox game. game. Yeah. The thing about Nintendo, before we like start talking about Smash Brothers, is that they can drop these Nintendo Directs whenever they want. Yeah. And most of the so time... So they don't need E3. Most of the but... time, they announce the Nintendo Direct like a day or two before they release it. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not the, the fandom has caught whiff of a Nintendo Direct happening and like like somehow sussed out that a Nintendo Direct is going to happen on a certain date, yeah. like which was true before they announced Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, they can drop these things whenever they want. So they're not beholden to the making conference. like yeah. showing these games off at E3, and I think they really wanted to dedicate a lot of time to Smash Brothers. Boy, they did. <laughs> Whether that was the right decision or not, I I think it's weird a weird choice to to show Metroid last year and or like show the the title for Metroid last year yeah. or show that Metroid Four exists and then not show any gameplay, not show any more Yoshi gameplay. I mean, the Star Fox thing is just a rumor, but it would have yeah. been really cool. That would have been a cool, like, surprise. 
There was no, and we kind of talked about this kind of across the board for the conferences, <clears throat> there was no one more thing or wow moment. Like, all the stuff that showed us for Smash was like, this is really cool, but I, I don't know if you guys got to tell me all the little changes for every single character. There's not like, a, yeah. There's, it's yeah. just like, guys, it's so, and that's so, that's so Sakurai though, to really just be like, I'm going to crack the game open like an egg and just tell you all about this, it. Like, this is what you want, motherfuckers. I know, I'm killing myself Rip, making this not for you. Big anymore. Now you're fucking going to eat it. Eat it. Love me. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Um, um, so yeah, they're putting yeah. out Smash on, on Switch and they... <laughs> We talked about this, like, what are they going to do? Is this going to be a new game? I feel like it looks like also a a visual downgrade, in a way. Uh, From 4? Yeah, I don't think it looks as sharp. Uh, Was the quality on your stream low? It could have been. I just don't think it looks as good as 4. Tell you what, probably when you're playing it on your Switch, right in front of you, it's going to look pretty fucking good. Um... So, all the stuff that happened for Nintendo during the conference for Smash, I was just like, yeah, this is cool, um, but you know what did get me hyped for that game? Afterwards, I watched the final round of the Smash Invitational. Yo, it's fast. That game looks sick. It's fast. I was watching, I was just like, damn, this is like, so I think, uh, I'm gonna come out of Smash Retirement, this might be the one for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be I, your new melee. This might be my new my new squeeze. I man. mean it looks to me just being like a casual smash person, yeah. it looks almost too too fast. <laughs> but I it looks faster than for Yeah. Maybe not quite as fast as melee still. Yeah, but I think that's fine. But I think it looks pretty snappy. It looks really snappy. It I, I like the changes that they made. Apparently like the game is like very much catering to like playing offensively, which is like what Melee was all about. Um, I like the changes they made to like your air, your dodges degrade the more you use them. Like mm-hmm. I th- all that stuff for me is very cool. That when you play one on one battles, shield, the shield timing, the perfect shield timing. One on one yep. battles have a have a higher damage rate. Uh, all that stuff to me, I'm just like this. They're making some UI this is changes. Cool. Some UI changes. I, I'm really. And the way that you uh, like boot up the matches and like the smash symbol like feels like a rocket coming at you, uh-huh. dude. I'm Presentation into, looks good. I'm into all of it. I'm so in. And uh, and yeah, they're including every character that has ever been in a Smash Brothers game <laughs> and not Waluigi ever before, but not what Waluigi fans are disgraced. Did you see that Washington Post article? No. There's a a deadly serious tone that is like Waluigi was disgraced <laughs> and the, while we just like, come out with the diss track like, on the 10th it's yo. the dystopian future that we live in now that like articles are written based on like the vibe of the twitter like room at yeah. the time like and like just just use tweets as like here's how the internet reacted to this thing happening by just like quoting twitter tweets yeah, that could just be a and, thing. like the the smash brothers announcement spawned a lot of like you know even i jumped on this but the like mm-hmm. everyone is here except waluigi except like waluigi. You're like yeah fuck you waluigi and you funny. don't get to be well it's here. funny because they show him as an assist trophy and he gets fucking like whopped like out of there they and show him as the one assist trophy that he can get a smack dunking on waluigi like free waluigi let him be 
free him. You're gonna put him in tennis and he's Mario in tennis. Party. He features prominently. And I think he's tennis. in he's in Mario Kart. Like just and the, just do it. Like what adds insult to injury is like they made Daisy a character. <laughs> Who the fuck is Daisy? Uh, I guess people have been asking. She ain't Daisy. Waluigi. Dude, they have dark, they have dark pit in the game, like dude, and every Fire Emblem character in all all the video <laughs> it, games it ever. It feels like an explicit like dunk on that character. Did you see that thing I tweeted? You like you liked it. It was like uh, Miyamoto being like, "Oh yeah, my friend reminds me of Waluigi. Yes. We're not friends anymore, yes. or something like that." Yes, my so my friend Walter Luigi. <laughs> Walter Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he spilled something in my car, or he threw up in my, my car, car, and he, and he does, never apologized. And Waluigi does not get to be in this game. <laughs> so good um yeah i mean it's a joke at this point but i think i think the honest truth behind the joke for me um they it it was a weird sort of showing for me as a casual smash brothers fan because there is something that feels a little hollow to just putting every single character in the game and not really you know the the things I liked about four were the weird characters. Yeah. Um, like Villager. Um, like um, Bowser Junior. Like the kind or of odd ca- yeah. characters and like the direction. Yeah, or Duck Hunt. Like mm-hmm. the direction that it feels like Smash has been moving in, and I think this is a been a factor of Nintendo paying more attention to the competitive scene. Is like a lot of like of anime characters with swords in the game yeah which i am not a huge fan of like there it is very heavily leaning on there i i wish point, there was no at this point between like the the, well. the the um xenoblade and the fire emblem characters there's like 15 anime dudes with swords and then even like, with like cloud uh, strife palutina and like shit like that and clouds in there and like, like and i don't know, even really want rio in there to be honest with you yeah at least rio feels different because he's like he's punching and kicking and stuff and but like there's so many just dudes with swords in this game yeah that it feels like it's it's less like there's a lot of variety between the characters and more like yeah. it's kind of you have like a third of the characters that all kind of play fairly similarly and to have this game just put everybody back in and not really introduce a lot of new fresh characters to play with feels a little bit of a bummer i still kind of wish that they brought down the roster added to it over time yeah um it seems this game is going to have a progression system that you are going to have a very core amount well, of characters that you Sakurai said time. you'll start with a small amount of characters yeah. and constantly feel like you're unlocking stuff so like i mean that's cool that's kind of how smash has been ever since brawl where like there's so much to unlocking the game trophy wise and things like that that you will constantly feel progression the thing is they announced that the game comes out in december yeah i think is a Poor choice unless they push uh, back the the online service to December as well. Which they very well could. They could. Yeah. They did not say, they did not talk about the online service At for all. even a second. Nope. Which to me is more of a signal that they're not going to release it anytime soon. Like yeah. they'll wait to release well, it. Well, they with... did say with Smash, they said like there's, if you like freeze frame on some of the shots at the top, it says this game can only be played with Nintendo's online service that is launching in. There's like a little like fine print thing. Yeah, but did that say when? September? I didn't get a good look at it, but. I think it's in Nintendo's best interest to save that until they can launch it alongside Smash Brothers because 
if you yeah. put out that service without like a big marquee multiplayer game and then to you're go just taking away it, then you're just taking away online from the games that people have been playing like for this a bad long. move man it's not great seems like a bad move um i think it's i think the community will accept it if it comes alongside smash brothers but if you're taking away like splatoon and mario kart and tennis ahead of that it's not great even for 20 bucks a year not great no but um there is a long time between now and december so we shall see so i think they have time to do more nintendo directs about like maybe they'll do a subspace emissary kind of thing like a, a, a single player mode and like add in some extra stuff around just the 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 game which i think is why it, it kind of read is like a weird it's weird stage, it's de- just stage like, show you, you, they, 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 there's so much more to smash too than like as a competitive smash player or an ex-competitive smash player like I still dick around and like 100 man beat up or target practice yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, let me know that that stuff's in the game too, you know? And and it felt like with this presentation, because there was like a full 20 minutes of Smash. Yeah. It felt like they were speaking directly to the competitive scene. Which in a way I is, did appreciate. But it's also but. weird because it, <laughs> Nintendo is a company that feels like they have for a very long time pretty much disregarded the competitive scene. Only until and Switch. This feels like a whiplash of like, oh, now we're paying attention to you. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think they should have tried to split the difference and been like, well, here's a new Smash. We're bringing everybody back. Um, we've made a lot of changes to like competitive play. We've tried to put in a lot of stuff there that will make this game more viable for competitive play. But also, like, if you're not comp- if you're not like a hardcore competitive Smash player. Here's some other things that make this new game yeah. fun and unique, and that's where it'd be cool to show some of that weird, like, extra stuff. I guess what you could say is that, like, it kind of goes without saying that that will be in there. They did show items. They did show it's just trophies. They did show Final Smashes. Those yeah. are the casual things in the game, you know? But you need more than just items. Sure. You need stuff around the, like, the I'm game. I'm sure there'll be different game modes, like the coin You need some. You like need some single-player stuff. You know, because yeah. not everybody is going to be playing against people all the time. Smash is a great game to have your buddies come over and play. Yeah. But I think to really make that game land with the casual audience, there needs to be some single player stuff sprinkled mm-hmm. in there as well. Also, Smash, even since Nintendo's had online, has never had a good online presence. I know Smash 4 and Brawl were not fun to play online. Yeah, so, it was laggy. So they got to they really got to make that work for this one. Um, yeah. I'm not sold till that's done you know? but they also had that big long tournament right after yeah like the the direct which makes it even weirder that they spent so much time talking about the nitty because we could have seen what the competitive the competitive scene was because like you, right you after. could watch hours and hours of the tournament and yeah. get all that stuff and there. i did and it was sick and i was very impressed and yeah. happy yeah so it was a weird showing by nintendo yeah i agree i totally agree yeah all right, well, that, that wraps whew, it up. That extensively covers uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo 2018. 2018. Actually, there was one more game that we didn't talk about Jesus. that there was some trailers of um, called Sable. Did you see this game? Oh, Sable looks really cool. It looks really cool. What is that releasing on? Uh, I think it's going to be at least on PS4 and Xbox. I don't know yeah. if it's on Switch or not. That game looks very cool. It looks really sharp. It has a very cool art style. I'm not really sure what the actual gameplay looks like. It looks a little bit like Journey to me in the way that it's like sliding around in the sand. You have a little bit more like agency and control of your character in that way. There's a soundtrack by um, 
Japanese Breakfast, which is a pretty cool indie band. She's cool. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, they're a band, but also like one kind of female. I remember uh, seeing her face on the Spotify page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that, I think that was the last thing. Say, well, looks interesting. It's got a really unique look. There's other stuff, and there's like a ton of coverage in all these games. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably have seen a lot of it as well. So thank you again so much for listening to Oof. this episode of Talking Simulator. If you're still li- listening, bless you. We love you. Um, we are going to do more video game coverage. We're going to try and get an episode about a game that we really like very soon. Talking Simulator is a show where we talk about narrative in video games. We would like to do the E3 stuff because it's the it's most fun. wonderful time of the year. It's exciting. Um, talking Simulator isn't the only Story Screen podcast. We also mainly cover movies here at Story Screen. We have a show called Hot Takes where we see movies uh, right after the release. We cover TV as well with a, a show called Catholic Raycast. And then there's Overdrinkers, hosted by Mike Burge, programmer and uh, founder of Story Screen. And he gets people drunk and he likes to talk about movies with them. So listen to all those shows and hosts of others. Go on the website and buy a fucking t-shirt. You can find us also at... Instagram, story underscore screen underscore beacon. Twitter, story underscore screen. And Facebook. Uh, you just type in just stories, type in story screen. Screen. and, and we have a website it's called Story Screen Beacon there are articles there are reviews there are the pot. you can find the podcast there we're on SideCloud we're on iTunes we're everywhere we're, we're in your, we're in your done brain. talking we're done talking alright have a good night bye can you hear that yeah, that looks better. All right. We fucked up. <sighs> Take two, half hour later. Yeah, that looks totally correct now. Yeah. Fuck. Listen, guys, the first take of this was so funny. So just, Oh, my God. It was so good. It was like Master. Robbie told the best joke I've ever heard in my life. And... You pissed yourself laughing. I pissed myself. It's yeah. a good thing I'm at home because I was covered in piss. Covered in piss. I like you that. You know, if we were in public, that would have just been the thing. Like, I would have just deal with that. I'm Mr. Piss Boy all day. But uh, I pissed in my own home the way I prefer it, and I changed my pants. And now we're going to do another take of this. And now we're uh, going to do this again. This podcast. All right. We'll wait for the fucking asshole on his bike <laughs> to go by. It's that guy with the bandana. I hate that fucking guy. The skull one? Yeah. Oh, he's a fuck. He's a dumbass. Yeah, he sucks. And I hope he's our biggest fan.